Flying towards the setting sun in a Honda Accord of gold. The AC straining against the funk cause our socks and drawers are old. On the 105 for an afternoon drive, whizzing by the freeway flora. In the passenger seat is my best friend Pete, a fat man in a fedora. Breaker wet nine, this is Drechnar the Dark. I was momentarily detained in the hotel entrance, fat beard. The valet was trying to charge me an exorbitant fee. It appears we have ourselves a game con. Yeah, we got ourselves a game con, playing for four days straight. We got ourselves a game con, our hygiene if you wait. We got ourselves a game con, our games have the fun, and we'll be playing all the night. Till the morning sun. Thank you for joining us for Season 12, Episode 5 of Five. Ajax RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Jaina. This is Stork. We are the podcasters who say me. This is Jim. <laughs> yeah? What? How was... Okay, um, before we begin, how was uh, Game X? Yeah! It was really good. Did you represent? Yes. Yep. It was good. We had a, had a great time. Lots of uh, totally fun games. Yeah. Um... Uh, I know, I was just wistful about my Friday night game. Yeah. So, I was like, oh, one week ago, I was playing an awesome game. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Well, okay, um. you can't just leave us <laughs> with that. So, it was a reskin of a hack. Uh, it was a Game of Thrones reskin of a hack called uh, Two Guys with Swords, uh, which is based on leverage. So, it's a hack of a leverage game, and it's a two-person game. And it So, was is it Cortex... Plus, like late cortex, or yeah, was he late the leverage? cortex? Okay, yeah. so that's yeah. that's the one that Fred Hicks was involved. Yeah, yes, because uh, yes. it, it it's kind of fady sometimes. It has oh at least yeah some elements of oh no absolutely yeah totally. and uh, it was called Aria and the Hound. Mm-hmm. So I got oh. yeah Aria. How many players? You have four, two. Oh, just two. Yeah, it was a two-person game. Awesome, right? It was you and who yeah. else? Yeah, it was me and Eric Lytle, who uh, is a guy from up north. He uh, created the game Race to Adventure. And who jammed um, uh, Hamish. Oh, wow. uh, Cameron from he's a Kiwi. Uh, he is also. I he's played been one. here. I think. I yes. think you guys yeah, yeah. One of the yeah. I did. played one of his. I love his game. He's going to Kickstarter it uh, in the next couple months, hopefully. Called the Sprawl, which is powered by the Apocalypse. Apocalypse. I can't talk game. A Papa Lips. It's a cyberpunk game. Uh, and it's called The Sprawl. And it's Apocalypse, which I can actually say. A couple yeah. lips. A couple lips. Um, uh, we all we played another Hamish Cameron game called The Regiment, yeah. uh, which is another uh, powered by the Apocalypse game that uh, How come you could say set that in D Day, uh, World War II. Totally fun game. Lo- loads of fun. These um, sound like really awesome games. They, they were. Um, now, a two-person con game, did he run it more than once? Because that's kind of odd. You no, know? he only ran, ran it once, and uh, I he had mentioned it to me at one point, and so he was asking on Google Plus or something what he should run, and I'm <coughs> like, are you in the Hound? Are you in the Hound? When are you, you going to run Are you in the Hound? So he ran it, uh, and I got to play. Oh, I, I, did, I didn't mean to derail you. No, 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 you're good. You're good. Um, and then Saturday, I ran Zombie Mall 4. Okay. That's still going, still going. Yeah, right. Um, have they have they escaped from Beverly Hills yet? Well, no, they they escaped <laughs> from from the Beverly Center, and then the Beverly Center got blown up. Right, I was uh, there for that. And 
um, than there were um, government agents trying to find out what really happened, and there was more of government agents trying to find out what really happened, and that they found... <laughs> It's uh, still more of. They found the research center where the government was trying to create super soldiers, but they created zombies instead. Nice. And they got onto the research level where all the labs were, and, you know, oh, one can only guess what one might find in a lab where they're making zombies. Nice. Um, have you seen yeah. Frankenstein's Army yet? I have not. I have I, not. I posted that link on the on the, and it's kind of that way. It's like nineteen uh, forties Europe. Uh, they get front of Doctor Frankenstein to make super soldiers for the Nazi army, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's combining all kinds of parts. And it's I don't know where they shot it because they had the cool. What are you doing? I'm gonna have a red vine. <laughs> it's loud as all hell. What the heck? Can you um, can you find red vines with louder packaging? Maybe. Maybe. And then on Sunday, I ran a Savage Worlds game called a Wonka Family Reunion. Oh, what a great idea. Now, we're not talking the Johnny Depp Wonka. No. We're talking Gene Wilder Wonka. Gene Wilder That's, Wonka. There's only one. The, the, the Wonka kids, 30 years later. Yeah. Um, and they are some severely screwed up people. Well, one of them is blue. Well, yeah. <laughs> Violet Beauregard is still blue, um, and she has to be juiced regularly because sure. she still swells up. Um, and she is a gossip columnist uh, in Hollywood, but she's a recluse, so she never leaves her house. Because she's because she's blue, blue, yeah, right. And the um, other one's all, all really tall. Mike TV, Mike, well, really no, Mike TV mostly returned to normal um, after. Yeah, they they stretched him in the taffy machine, um, except for one part of him, and he later became <laughs> a, a porn producer in in LA. <laughs> Um, you mean Riverside now? They're not in L.A. anymore. Okay, okay. Um, Gotta use condoms in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, not one that's going to fit. And Augustus <laughs> Gloop became a fitness instructor. Oh, nice. Um, uh, Veruca Salt was the only one that really wasn't changed particularly. She was still Veruca Salt. Gum-smacking... She was still, you oh, know, Oh, that's bitchy. Violet, right? Yeah. Uh, that was Violet was the Oh, Violet was the Gumsmacker. That's right. Um, yeah. But because I needed six characters, um, I added the little-known sixth golden ticket, uh, which was found by the conjoined twins uh, Ping and Ting Hua, who were later separated surgically and um, despised each other, so didn't speak to each other again until um, until the game. Um, wow. And it was, it was pretty screwed up. <laughs> um... And then on, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, also played a game um, that's actually just coming out now called uh, Atomic Robo. Of course, yeah. And um, based on the comic book. Based on the comic book. Now the comic book guy is also a big gamer, so he's also actively involved in the game as well, right? Um, well, the game was written by Mike Olson, um, who's also one of the authors of, of Fate Core right. Fate Core Rules. Um, I so I don't know. Wh- what all? Okay, fair. You know, what the dynamics in that in that were? Um, but it's a fabulous game. Um, it's a fate based game uh, with some twists. Um, it's a ton of fun. Uh, we actually played. Uh, it was set in the 1960s, uh, 1960s era super spy, super scientist, superhero luchadors. Well, that's kind of the way the comic is is too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's um, and uh, Gina played. Uh, a super-powered Emma Peel who was totally oh, yeah. freaking amazing. Like uh, you do. Like you do. Right. Uh, and that Sparrow was... Sparrow 2. Sparrow 2. And that was uh, just a metric ton of fun. Uh, had a had a great time with that. A lot of people? Um, a good number. Uh, I think... Um, 
was uh, at the Hilton again, right? It was at the Hilton yeah. again. I think Jim said they had 1,500 people, which was a record for GameX. And you still get lost every time you got out of the elevator? I turn the wrong way every I'm, time. I'm every better. Time. Are I, you now? Yeah, I finally learned like a rat in a maze. Because it's, well, <laughs> it's, it's on like three different levels. Is. I mean, seriously, yeah. the, everything's split between three different levels, right. and you can't blame us. I mean, we're we get lost at the best of times. Let alone when you put everything on three different. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. three different um, floors. So, so uh, I then, I'm sorry we missed it. I would have loved to have been there. Sounds yeah. like great games. Lots of fun. Uh, Monday we wound up the con. Um, with a a Mook Gerps game. Ah, the Mook. He runs which, the best. Which was so it was a really. It was an awesome good game. game. Uh, pretty simple setup. Um, here, great warriors from throughout history um, <coughs> are taken from their place in history and are forced to fight to represent. For, it to was represent very, humanity. Very original. We get him on OG the show Star Trek. Yeah. He's not yeah. much of a talker, but he has great insights into yep. stuff, and he's a very funny guy. I'd love to oh, get yeah. him on the show someday. Yep. He may not want to do it. But, uh, yeah, I. it's funny bringing him up, because I, I actually pre-read some of these emails, and there's some GURP stuff. So, yep. Uh, yeah, for sure. And Tomes ran a game. Tomes ran a game. Um, so, yeah, there were some folks there. And it does, I mean, it, I think it is the lightest con of the it year, is. but it was... More pretty heavily well, attended. Pretty well yeah. attended. Um, Did the bar open up earlier? Because that pissed me off last year. I mean, the bar wasn't open until like six or five or something. The bar in our room was. The bar in our ah. room was open. <laughs> oh, they, they can't hear it. Oh, okay. Uh, All right, that's I was, different. I was telling them I can't even. Uh, I can't see the chat room. Like there's. Oh. This is what my new account looks like. Ruh row. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> so we have some technical difficulties on the uh, live uh, streaming side. It, SP Lloyd. I'm, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. Give me a minute. And I have. <laughs> have uh, I'm working on my games for Gateway. So we can keep reminiscing before we get into the meat of the topic yeah. then? Yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Keep, um, keep talking. He's doing this stretch symbol. Stretch it. So, all right. Um, give me your ideas for games because I still don't have any something. I oh, think, I see you know what? I okay. I'm going to pa- I have to pause the recording. Stop. Okay. okay. And this is the problem when I. Recording albums while recording podcasts because the settings <laughs> right. have to be entirely different. So, right, the chat room's like we can see you, but there's no audio, and I had to figure that out. Okay, anyway, <laughs> um, back to the recap. Oh, what's weird too is now it's even louder in my ear. Yeah, yes, it, it is. Yeah, Me too. Yeah, uh, turn it down right there. If you do that. Actually, I am. Um, I- I'm going to keep my games <coughs> for Gateway kind of um, quiet at this point. Oh, really? Um, I'm running. I will tell you that the title of one of the games is Infernus. Um, you brought us you Infernus, <laughs> um, and the other one is uh, titled Chrysalis. And I will say that it is a Star Trek esque sci-fi game. Do you realize that both of them end in us? Yeah. There needs to be a th- there's a there's a there's an is there's a thin <laughs> there's a theme here a thin there's a theme. Here. Um, but I, yeah, I think I'm going to run a new freak show. Sweet. I, I, Dave has an idea. There's been stuff simmering. Uh, it really is a matter of making sure that Dave can be there because I don't want to run anything because he's. My, I was going to ask if Dave was going to be allowed out of the house. I, I, you know, he's a busy man. So. I know he is. So he's got three uh, kids. We shall see. It's yeah. not. It's not that I don't want to run them. It's he's part of the part of the package. equation. Right. I I got you. Okay. I I, I would feel bad yeah. if I ran it without him. I so far, the only freak show I have played in was that one play test. That's right. That's right. I, and I still encourage people that haven't. Been in a Happy Jack show, or people that have been in a Happy Jack show, just don't come to the freak show again. You know, you've been in one. 
let other people come in, you yeah. know? Because yeah. it's the same with you. It's like, it, we're all in the Happy Jacks community. If we're all playing in each other's games, well, we're not bringing new people in the fold. We're not, we're not trying, to, we're not spreading our goodness everywhere. It, <laughs> being inbred locals is never a good thing. <laughs> I I know, and it's a hard thing to say. It's like people want to go, but I want to play the game. And but yes, but yep. you played it once or twice, or even three, or even four, or every time. Let someone else have a turn. Yep. Um, I and I encourage people to I, yeah. you, much as I, much as I love our community, and I do. Um, I encourage people to branch out from and step outside of the community because there are a lot of great people and a lot of great games. And that's where I was going with that too, which is I encourage people to just all right. You played my games, you played Savage Worlds, you played the Freak Show. Try something new. Try something different. Right. Try somebody else's games. Um, and yeah, it might be scary. You may not know. They may not even be good, and that's okay because then you have a horror story or a story to tell, or you've tried it and now you don't know, or now you know. I mean, I, I mean, people. We talk about the MOOC, but how many people have played in his games? Well, I know you have. We all have. But right, I, I have. I uh, Stu should definitely play in the move game. I definitely try to play new stuff. Yeah. Um, I played Vampire the Masquerade. Finally, oh, really? a large. Yeah, I have been vampire curious for forever. The old, old, the nineteen ninety one vampire. But I did purchase. I have not received it yet. But uh, the new core book, um, Blood and Smoke: The Strix Chronicles, I think it's called, hmm. uh, which is Vampire the Requiem. Uh, did I talk about last week about the game books I found at Game yeah. Empire? Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. yeah you did. I wasn't sure if I had it or not. Or maybe that was the week before. No, it was last week. I, I'm not I, sure. I think it was last week. All right, so uh, let's we, go to the first email. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a lot of them today. So I'm try, <laughs> trying to. Uh, you know, You're going to have to read this in your best <laughs> I funny accent. This guy. <coughs> this guy, this guy to write can a letter. turn a phrase. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't uh, given our email address out since. January, <laughs> and yet somehow people have found us. And I still have emails. I still probably have seven or eight, no, probably ten episodes worth of emails. You need to put another beer. Well, I was thinking about opening this one that was given to me, but it's really yeah. I'll do that. I'm mean, never mind. I got one. All right. <clears throat> you have one. So I'm going to read this now. So I'm still not giving out the email address because the backlog's still enormous, and they're still coming in. <laughs> Uh, this email is from Jay, just Jay, from the Bay Area. And the Bay Area is San Francisco to us in California. I'm assuming that's where it's from. Uh, dear douchebags. I've had this. Fuck you. It's McMinimums. What is it? Uh, I, I got a beer Don't that was given to me. Don't put that mic that close to your mouth. You're going to hurt it. It was a beer that was given to me, and uh, I realized I've had this before, and it's a very good one. It's by the McMinimum Pubs, and I didn't realize you could get it outside of... Your, Carry your, on. Your new uh, Happy Jack's Live thing no longer works on my Safari browser. That's what that was. Use Chrome. Yeah. Dolphin. They, they make Chrome for for iPads. Thank you, SB Lloyd. <laughs> All right. <coughs> I don't know why it wouldn't work. Uh, I don't know either. All I did was update the software. Anyway, uh, dear douchebags, fuck you. P.S. No. Uh, <laughs> I was once a happy-go-lucky podcast listener going about my life, enjoying a wide variety of shows. Then, on one fateful autumn day, I discovered you slapdicks. Slapdicks. And my life has been dankly tainted since. Nice. <sighs> I'm getting a tear in my eye. I now get no satisfaction in listening to podcasts that do not feature belching, swearing, or cock jokes. <laughs> uh, in fact, I believe this is approaching an addictive condition. 
As a result, I have been continuously squeezing your goddamn greasy-ass dingleberry-contaminated <laughs> backlog into my ears for the last few months and just finished Season 8, Episode 7. Can we get an applause there? I mean, that's that's a turn of phrase, Mr. Yes. Journalist Major. This Come guy on. knows how to write an email. Yes, he does. You have a little <laughs> bell, too. Um, I'm having trouble hearing now, and I've picked up some horrible infection in my eardrum. Um, that's conjunctivitis. That's oral conjunctivitis. It's it's the same thing you get when you fart in someone's pillow and sleep on it. Same thing. It's like pink eye. It's pink eye for the ears. It's pink ear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <coughs> that's what happens when you put your our backlog in your ear. Uh, but I believe pushing all your juicy shit into my head has been worth it. I'm going to fart. <laughs> uh, I guess you could say I'm enjoying your show. Anyway, I write to you to you wang bangers regarding your discussion of hobo blowjobs. Hobo blowjobs? Really? Really? This is the discussion he wants to have? Hobo blowjobs? Well, okay. there, no, it's, it's, there's, there's more to the email. There's actually gaming stuff in a little bit. All right. Uh, I believe there are opportunities to more accurately describe the procedure uh, with terms that change based on specific circumstances. How hopefully this important subject matter has not yet been addressed because I would feel like a dick if it had... I will now expound upon several variations of the technique. Expanding upon hobo blowjobs. Brought to you by Jay from the Bay Area. A blowjob from a hobo for money is a ho ho blow. Ho ho blow. Ho ho blow. Ho 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 hobo blow. Ho hobo blow. A blowjob from a hobo for crack is a ho hobo blow blow. <laughs> a blowjob given by one hobo to another for crack is a ho blow bro blow blow. No, ho ho bro ho bro bro blow blow. Ho ho bro blow blow. You're ruining his perfectly good prose. My mistake. <laughs> a blowjob given by one hobo to another for free, but then they share crack <laughs> is a ho hobo pro bono bro blow blow. Well done. Uh, can we get an applause for that? What the hell? <laughs> I'll give you a little bell. And here's a, here's a cheer. All right. Oh, nice. Enough fluff. Now on to the crunch. I started gaming with AD&D in 1983 and have since played Gang bust been and since played Gangbusters, which was a very underrated game. By Top the way. secret Merp Rollmaster D&D Four. Always as a player, and I'm now about to DM my first game ever using Pathfinder. <laughs> and I'd like advice about using NPCs to balance combat. Okay, it's odd. 1983, and you've never DM'd a game. I, I, I would like to think that this show has inspired you. He's been sitting back, consuming other people's work, and now he's finally. Well, it's not up. like he isn't clever with the ho hobo bo blow, blow hobo. <laughs> uh, not wasting time. The campaign will kick off straight into a fight. When the PCs engage some foes, a couple of friendly NPCs will fight extra enemies on the side. The NPCs will win or lose their fights, or maintain a stalemate depending on how well the PCs do with their opponents. <coughs> this gives me the, op- the option to, uh, on bringing on more enemies if the players kick ass, or bringing in some backup if they screw the pooch dry. Have any of you tried this technique? As someone who doesn't yet know how to balance encounters, it seems like a good idea for my first go. However... It might seem too contrived if repeated for more than a couple of times, and I don't plan on having NPCs around for combat very often anyway. 
What do you ask hats think? Do you have any other ideas on how to make balanced encounters? Sincerely, and fuck you again, Jay from the Bay Area. That's kind of what I want to talk about is balancing encounters. I want to talk about why we do it and like the different sorts of philosophies people have with regards to balancing encounters well, first and, off, and methods that they that they use to, to balance. First of all, I actually want to answer his question, which is I don't think that's a great way to start your entire game. It's a dangerous thing to do, uh, I yeah. think. To yeah. start a game that way, I agree. I don't think it's a, it's a dangerous thing to start a game with a fight, but I think using NPCs to balance your encounter is going to smell like GM PCs coming in and saving the day yeah. if the fight tends to go the wrong way. And that's not what you want the players to have for their it, it first combat. It's ver- of a very MMO kind of thing. Like, uh, the you get the cutscene where everybody starts out fighting and then you're the last one standing and, and then the story starts from there. It's, it seems like a great idea in your mind, but to play it out when the players are trying to out smart the NPCs yeah. and stuff, I don't think it's going it to play seems, out the way you think. It seems like a very time and place thing to do and not something you'd want to uh, have repeated Mm-mm. very frequently. Because um, it, especially if you're trying the, you're playing a heroic game where the PCs are heroes. Right. From, from a purely mechanical sense, because he's chosen Pathfinder as his system, um, they make it very easy. There's actually a, a calculation in the book for how to calculate the challenge rating of the player characters and the bad guys. And you adjust slightly up or down depending on how hard or easy you want that the encounter perfectly to segues into the topic. Yeah, how would you balance that encounter? In Pathfinder, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's just a mathematical equation. Basically, it's um, the total level of the party um, adjusted a little bit for how much magic they have. And you put beasties up against them that have the same total levels. I mean, that's the that's the short form of it. There's a little more to it than that, but that's the crux of it. The Pathfinders may be a little unique in that, in that they actually have an equation for it or mathematical tables and stuff. Um, well, I believe D and D four E has a similar mm. calculation to that. Well, yeah. Yes, they actually have an online thing, but it's not supported anymore. Yeah, well, you, you do it by. Uh, I think it's done, it's calculated by the experience points of the mods. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They <coughs> there's like they give you like a range. So so okay. Jay, for for your immediate purposes, um, get your Pathfinder core book and look up challenge rating. And, and I there think sometimes like if you're playing a game where your PCs have gathered uh, armed forces, uh, have around them and so you've got uh, you know 100 archers or something like that like then it's okay where like maybe you hand out npc character sheets and you say you're playing these 50 right. you're playing these 50 and but that's like a specific case because i remember playing um we were playing the um pathfinder adventure path carrying crown and it was i don't know which book it was but sort of in the uh, the the peak of the story, where you're up against the big bad, uh, we had to because of you know it's an adventure path, um, and a key NPC comes in, and pretty much you have to have this key NPC in the mix when you're uh, when you're in this part of the adventure, like kind of defe- trying to defeat this big bad, or you can't succeed. Yeah, you will unquote. get you will get killed. 
And that's that felt very demoralizing we, and not fun. It was very demoralizing. <laughs> I felt totally like a spectator. Yeah, because you played this game for session, 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 and it's leading up to this confrontation to this big bad, but that you needed to have this NPC to kind of balance the party. Well, I, I would say it even went beyond that. The The party was ineffectual against the big bad, and the NPC came in and beat up the big bad in just a handful of rounds. Well... Okay, that that's the, a different topic. No, no, it isn't actually. That's a it's a very interesting thing. I mean, when this is a this is an important topic because as a GM, we all struggle with this. Have you made your NPCs too powerful? Mm-hmm. Have you made your NPCs underpowered? Now, NPCs or are you talking about monsters? Bad well, guys? no, no. Well, because I personally think yeah, you're right. I would never balance an encounter with NPCs. I think that's the lamest way to do it. I do not disagree. I generally think. Don't imbalance. Don't balance encounters. Come up with and th- and this is kind of getting into. No, you're right. You're right. I, was, I wanted. I'm just confusing the, the matter. Way I kind of wanted to to steer the conversation a little bit. Yeah. There are different philosophies about balancing encounters. A, whether you should or not, and B, what sort of methods are acceptable to do it. Personally, my 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 thoughts are: the encounter is whatever the encounter needs to be for the fiction. And if you're going and you're going to try to break into some rinky-dink mob boss's house, he's probably going to have one guy watching the front and one guy watching the back. And that's it. That's all he's got. If you're trying to break into Fort Knox, there's going to be tanks. There's going to be guys with sniper rifles in towers. There's going to be all kinds of things you can't even see by staking the place out. There's going to be, it's going to be an over, you're going to need an overwhelming force to get past it. <laughs> but it right. matter what, to me. To me, the encounter needs to be what 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 the fiction dictates, and then whether the player characters can figure out a way to get past it or not is up to them. If they can, great. If they can't, maybe they have to figure out some creative way to get around it. So I'm more than willing to entertain those ideas. I do that yeah. all, all the time. Right. But I think the encounter needs to be what makes sense for the story first and foremost, not. Okay, there's four PCs, so I'm going to have yeah. four fifth level orcs. No, I, that, that's yeah. not, that's not the way <laughs> well, I like to do it. it. Okay, there's times when you want to have a balanced <coughs> encounter, right? When somebody's squaring off and having a heroic fight in the town square. And there's times when you're breaking to Fort Knox, dude. You know that this is no, the it, ultimate. You, is it balanced? No. I mean, is it fair for the level one PCs to try to break into Fort Knox? And would you would you skew it the way that so they could win? No. No, absolutely you wouldn't. not. No, no, I wouldn't. Uh, if they want to break into Fort Knox, first off, I don't play games that have a lot of levels like that in it. Generally, yeah, I'm um, using it so as a it doesn't really matter if you're a 400 point character or a 100 point character if you're smart. Well, fair right? enough. And, and equipment, especially in a lot of the games I play, has a lot more to do with it than your point value or your level. But that that said, it. It, to, to me, it always is going to depend on the fiction and what the fiction dictates. I always, I'm a slave to what would make sense for there to be there. Very often, it's something very underwhelming. It's like, because guards are expensive. They cost money. You have yeah. to pay them. They have families at home that need to be fed. So really, you're, you're, you're providing for them and their wife and kids, maybe, depending on... 
you know, what kind of setting right. you're talking about. The security guard's usually just a you're not gonna have nine to five job. But you're not going to have 20 it. of them yeah. guarding something that isn't worth the cost of hiring 20 guards. Right. <laughs> it, right. So, it, to, to me, <coughs> it's far more important that the encounter makes sense internally to the game. And if it's an easy one, the party can maybe can get through it, maybe can just talk their way through it. But if it's if they're really going for the brass ring, and it's something that it would definitely be heavily guarded, let's say they're going to go try to steal the crown jewels from the uh, Tower of London. Um, good luck. You better be real creative. You better get that little piece of diamond in your bubble gum and all that shit. And get that reference? No. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you you're going to need to think outside the box if you're going to try to do something like that. Because if you try to go toe to toe with a bunch of guys with automatic weapons who know how to use them. Hilarity won't ensue. No, no. I am um, very much of the same mind. The making encounters to try to match up with what the the characters can do is a contrived thing. Um, I, 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 think you, I think you've just hit the nail on the head right there. That's yeah. a really important thing to, to note. Um, I try to write. Put things into the game that make sense for the sto- for the the story being created, um, and in so doing, I try to keep in mind the capabilities of the player characters. So, you know, if I have a bunch of you know novice level Savage Worlds characters, I'm probably not going to throw a Master <coughs> Vampire into the mix because the Master Vampire wouldn't give two craps about a bunch of novice player characters. He wouldn't be interested. But, you know, if I, but kind of like you, I tend to run games that, that don't have levels. So, right. you know, that whole balancing thing is sort of a, a, a hit or miss level, you know, happenstance kind of thing. I did, I did do it with 4E. Because 4E, I found very. I kept trying to like c- dial in an encounter that would scare you guys, and I would put do yeah. a normal encounter or a hard encounter. And well, I you did, like, and I sn- and I crept through the whole town and pissed off the rest of the party. Well, yeah, because <laughs> you had giant things walking through the. I'm like, screw that. We're not taking them on. Were we still playing in D and D four E? Yeah, were we? Okay. Oh yeah. But I mean, it took a, it took a long time for me to be able to get to the point where I could give you guys a combat encounter where you thought you might not win. So well, I circumvented the combat <coughs> encounter. At least, well, no, that's not the one I'm talking about. It, was, right. the, it was the one with the with the um, the demons in the maze thing. Oh, right, that one, and and that was a very tough encounter. Unfortunately, because of the combat system and the size of the party, it also took four hours to get through that combat. Yeah. And no one wanted to. Be, no, it's like how much? What do I have to roll to kill myself with a dagger? Yeah, it was that kind of thing <laughs> starts happening. But you don't I mean, have to roll to do that. But I mean, there are. I think it's okay. I think it's perfectly okay if a GM wants to make sure that he has encounters that will a challenge the party, but not outright kill them. And 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 I think it's okay. That's a legitimate thing to think about. Absolutely. Yeah. It is. I don't because I expect well two reasons. One, I expect the players to deal with the situation smartly, and they almost always do. They always come up with something I hadn't thought of. That uh, exploits a weakness I did not see, uh, and that helps them if it's an overwhelming encounter. 
But the other thing is, I use a, a lot of things during the combat encounter if it, it's going to turn into a situation where if the dice fall wrong and it's going to end up becoming a TPK for a stupid reason, then I, then there's other ways that you can intervene to yeah. balance after you've made the encounter. Right. This this some kind of some people call it cheating. <laughs> this kind of touches on something Depends. we we, we yeah. beat to death before, which is the tower, right, with one entrance. Right. Right. When or let's just say it's a bank. <coughs> Banks are designed so that people don't go through the front door, assault the place, get them all, and come out. That's it. A bank is designed that way, and as a GM, you design your bank that way. People don't go through the front door, and they shoot. You know, they can't get to the vault. So PCs know that, so they're going to try to get to the vault from a different direction, whether it's the sewers or airlift or explosives or whatever, as they should. As a GM, your whole point is, I've designed the bank as the way banks are designed. There's only one entrance, right? and and they will come to the vault. And after that, the PCs can then extrapolate. It's, I, I have a tower, there's only one entrance, and you should expect your PCs to come up with something clever, because you know that there's a really there's got to be multiple solutions. But that bank is designed specifically in the way banks are designed. It, and you're following the real world rules. And mm-hmm. as a GM, you stick to that. You don't you don't modify you don't change it. Oh, all of a sudden there's uh, semi sentient uh, <coughs> insects in the sewers that are chasing you down. Oh, you know I I because right. you guys you caught me by surprise. It can't be that easy. Um, <laughs> the GM has to roll with that. Now, with all of that being said, how do you, as a GM, balance it if you realize that things have gone wrong? If you realize that you've made an NPC or made an encounter that's that's too easy. Let's take a step back. Okay. And at, before we, we try to determine how we're going to do that, the first question is, should we? Okay. So, let, so let's, let's take a, a slightly different scenario. You've created a, an encounter, however you, got, you arrived at that, that is mathematically perfect for the player characters. Should be a, a good challenge for them, should be, you know, um, difficult, should use up a lot of their resources, <coughs> blah, blah, blah. And the dice just fall against them. Yeah, I've, I know that. You know, whole party th- this comes me. back to to something that, that I've been... I, I struggled with myself for a while. Uh, and, but I've kind of come to the point where I do not have the right as the GM, to direct where the story goes. I set the story up and turn it loose. And what happens after that is a a conglomerate of what the player characters do, what the NPCs that I'm directing do, and blind chance. But do I have the right to say, no... This in, this fight's not going to go the way it looks like it's going, so I'm going to turn it a different way because I said so. We've we've dwelled on this yeah. before. And yeah. I, I, the thing is, I think I think it is right uh, either way. I think it is okay if someone says, okay, for the sake of the story and the sake of the practicality of not You're wanting right. to have a TPK... I'm going to nerf some guys, or I'm going to have the ones who were injured back off and run away, right. or, or whatever it might be. And, I mean, 
generally, I'm, I'm my tendency is to not do that, but I can totally see why someone would. As can I, I. And, I, and I don't think that's wrong. I don't. I don't either. I think unless you're being a dick weasel, and I love to be a dick weasel. <laughs> no, you know, and As you're, opposed to a you're weasel dick, just you know, different thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all about you and your controlling. Right. I, I, you're, you know, this is that whole is the GM a player too, and I think the GM is participating and playing in this collaborative storytelling. Sure. So I think it is okay to kind of try to direct the story in a way that you think isn't going to softball it necessarily, but it is good for the dramatic mm-hmm. tension of the story or the narrative or the, well, like if it's your first encounter and like you said, the dice are falling on the side badly. of your, yeah, you don't want to freaking kill half the party in the first in the session when people have spent a whole bunch of time making yeah. characters. Yeah. yeah. No, I, and that, and that, it comes down to the point. It, sometimes it comes mm-hmm. down to the point where, the GM needs to say to himself, okay, what do I want to do for the next three hours? Right. Do you want to keep telling a story? Or, or do you want everyone to start making characters. characters? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I you, mean, that's an extreme example, but it does absolutely. happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Part of me thinks that the, one of the solutions for this is, as a GM, if you come up with things that make sense and stick to that, you can't go wrong. Uh, our friend Bruce has a great example of this, which is, when you design a dungeon and the orcs and trolls are sitting in there... And maybe they are in a room that has traps all the way around it. How does he get out? How does he go yeah. do so? You got to have things make sense. If you if you have a dungeon, the trolls and ogres and stuff are going to be wanted. They're going to leave. They're going to go mate with each other. They're going to go kill each other and bring more treasure back. They're going to go to the toilet. So if you actually have the us, so if you actually have a dungeon where a guy's in a room with no there's and there's only you know two ways in and each room has a trap in front of it, he can't get out either unless right. he can turn the traps off from the inside. There's there's a whole it's it's an odd example you know at, at some point you want to run a dungeon where everybody's just talking to everybody else so, oh adventures are coming everybody take your places but right. but it's like wait 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 we're needed on set now yes we're needed <laughs> on set now but if you make your places make sense and then you stick to that like you have the bank and you have the rent a cop and you have the tellers and you have the vault with a time lock on it that's it that's all you need to do and if you say to the players uh, listen this is a bank. It has a time lock on it, uh, you know, and then they have to figure it out. If they're going to attack Fort Knox, like, Lorraine, listen, this, there's a there's military that can be called in at any moment, and they really, you know, and they haven't prepared or they're underclassed. Right. Eh. Part of me says, I've warned you, you, you guys are taking on a military installation. Right. Y- you are really outclassed. You know this, right? right? That That's actually a different circumstance than everything's actual should actually work work out. But because of blind chance, it's not. Well, yes. Okay. Don't Um, tell me about dice rolls not going right. I I know all (laughs) about that, really. You're preaching to the choir. Um, And, you know, there's also a thought that just went through my head. It was was spurred by what what Gina was saying, and that is there's a reason that movies have a director. Well, yes. You know? Um, And so, you know, I'm not... (coughs) I, I see the value both ways. Of letting the thing, letting dice fall where they may, letting circumstances play out as they will, and saying mm, we're early in the game, and uh, I don't want I don't want to kill the story off right now. Certainly, those are special circumstances. Early on in the game is one. Yeah, but um, if your if your people are douche nozzles enough to go and take on Area Fifty One, they bought and paid for it, right? 
<laughs> well, and I, I think know. there's something different about uh, if your PCs introduce the NPCs, because you can set up something that's way too challenging for them. Sure. Uh, playing a Dragon Age game and 200 Darkspawn are coming and there are four PCs, you, yeah. you have to introduce, okay, we're going to petition... You know, someone to get reinforcements, and we're going to, you know. You know, it's actually okay to run away. No, I know, but the PC characters, away? player characters. I know. Don't run away. I, well, you know what? I tried to run because away in your consequences uh, for that. Your Cthulhu game. Tomes and I tried to run away. Yeah, we, you guys we, did. We, we yeah, got I, literally railroaded. I literally railroaded <laughs> you back into town. Yeah. I bent the tracks of the train. Tra- did, I bent the train hilarious. tracks. <laughs> That's right. Literally railroad. You literally were getting on a train to come back into town. It was a con game. It wasn't going to work. Right. It was funny, though. Now, I mean, as far as... So that brings us to the actual topic. Well, getting... Once you have an encounter, and I mean... And someone in the chat room mentioned Savage Worlds. Savage Worlds... They don't balance encounters. We've no. had people write us saying, hey, how do we balance encounters? And I went, went yeah. through the book. I'm like, you don't. I don't know. And I went through. I'm like, holy shit. There's nothing about balancing encounters. Not even that's, saying don't. That's because kind of like GURPS, it's not really a, a, a point. Right. No. Snap a rifle for the win. Everybody has essentially four <laughs> hit points. Right. Yeah. The only thing that alters that is equation is parry and toughness. That's it. Um. You know, so in Savage Worlds, uh, an example that I've used before is in our Deadlands game. One game session, they literally laid waste to a master vampire, mm-hmm. and in the very next game session, session, almost got literally eaten by a pack of zombies. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. No, yeah. it was awesome. And, it, it, and then that part of that has to do with the fact that, it, just like GURPS, give it this tiny little pool of hit points and there's all kinds of things that can do a lot of lot more damage that with a very minimal roll will still exceed that amount especially when the dice goes splody mm-hmm. well that's in savage worlds yeah but i didn't realize i was going to talk because i took a big <laughs> bite of my, my <laughs> but yeah you know, okay so you know we've reached the point of saying that we're going to do this so how are we going to do that um I would not introduce NPCs to adjust the encounter. That's a Deus. It's almost like a Deus Ex Machina. Oh, it is. It, it, it's totally it really a Deus Ex Machina. Um, what I might do is have the piece, the in, the bad guys decide that no, they'd really like to live to see tomorrow, so they're going to run. If things look, you know, like they're in doubt. Right. Um, I mean, usually, and. and and I started thinking about this after after I printed this out. I'm like, <coughs> the fact is, if the bad guys are winning the fight, they're probably not going to back off. No, they probably are going to be smart enough to realize they're mm-hmm. winning the fight, and they're going to press. And they're going right. They're, they're going to press, press it. On, press it on. So, I mean, you could say that the ones that are hurt might back it back down, and maybe that might skew things. Enough, maybe. Why not? I don't know, but I mean, what are? I mean, obviously, you can fudge dice rolls. Yeah. If you have to, um, we. I don't want to get into that discussion <laughs> right. again. We don't need to. But I mean, for some people, that's on the table. For some, it's not. But 
if you if you've got an encounter where it's looking like you're gonna you're staring down the barrel of a of a TPK, what can what can you do? What sorts of things can you do to tr- to mitigate tr- it? Yeah, to, or, or to try to slow it down. <laughs> hmm. I don't. I don't know. I guess it. Well, I can you tell know, you what I can do, which is you start fudging dice left and right, you, or you well, start or, fudging NPCs, you start fudging it, hit rolls. Is and it all that. fudging to introduce like new minions or you know little you know distractions or you, additional henchmen? I, mooks? I, I think one of the best things you can probably do is as GM and just say, "I we all need to take a break, <laughs> and you guys need to think up a strategy. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to get some snacks, and you let the PCs talk it out because sometimes." If they think about it, they can actually come up with a strategy. Because in my experience, usually what happens with the TPK is the dice rolls have gone wrong. The, t- the, the, the through no fault of their own, the PC's plan has either gone awry or or they're just not their their big hits or Some whatever. Some critical gone thing wrong. that needed to happen did didn't happen because someone missed that one critical roll. And what you succeed. as a GM yeah. need to do is go. All right, you guys are up against it. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go get a pizza. Talk amongst yourselves and come up with a solution, and then we'll come back and we'll figure this out. And maybe that gives the players a chance to regroup. Maybe metagame, it might be a little metagame, yeah. they come up with a plan, but I don't see player strategy as a problem. I think that no. you need to encourage no. that. I think that's actually a really good way to... That's probably better than any any GM side way of doing yeah. it. Yeah. Because it's good, empowering Slow the players. The play okay, you. This is your mess. You figure out how to get out of your mess. I'm going to go have a beer. And I'll be back. Yeah, because at the same time, if you've given them a little pause or a slowdown in the actual gameplay, uh, if if you continue in a TPK scenario with the same strategy you've been employing, then you're making a conscious decision to let that play out. Yes, how it plays out. Right. Because some of us don't mind. I mean, it doesn't mean like the death of a character isn't <coughs> a sad thing or sure, but. Sometimes that's an awesome thing. It really depends on the context of the yeah. game. Yeah, absolutely it really depends. depends on the situation. Yeah, it I does. Mean, if I would, I mean, when I ran when I ran the playtest of the Call of Cthulhu game on the the little coal mining island, uh, it, it ended in a TPK, and I was perfectly fine with that. Well, we all it were. Was a it's one Call of shot, Cthulhu, and, and no one had any investment in the characters. Well, the but it's Call of Cthulhu. It's, right. You know that going in. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you were, if it was the start of a campaign, that would be a lame start to a campaign. Well, yes, but um, yeah, but I think I, I think, and my hope would be if you get into a situation where the players have real, have, you know, something has gone critically wrong, and the players realize their plan is not going to work, and this is going to end up killing them all, that <coughs> someone in that group, and it should not be the GM. I really think it shouldn't, but someone in that group needs to say it. Is it possible we we just go out the back door and run yeah. the fuck away? Yeah, and if they do, they almost never do that. If, if they do, you as a GM should not punish them for it. No, don't right. chase right. them down. Don't make the town hate them. Whatever it is, because running away is a perfectly good strategy in war. It is it's called I, a I retreat. Mean, I don't. I, I think it should have game. I think it should have have fiction re- repercussions. I mean, you know, you're going you're to have that scene where okay, we we got out of there with our by the you know skin of our teeth. 
and now we're licking our wounds somewhere in the. Right. <laughs> and maybe the townsfolk do think think less of you because you ran away. I I, I get that, but I don't. Fuck them. What I what I <laughs> well, don't. No, no, I agree. Fuck them. What I don't but, want you know. is them to like they either they have to die or or win. There's no choice. Right. I uh, no, I agree. I, there might be repercussions, but I certainly don't want to discourage people from running away because PCs don't, and most people don't. Now, I as a player don't like to engage in combat for the most part. I try to avoid it as best I can, and if it does get bad, in fact. Uh, uh, it may happen soon with the next game, but I might actually just retreat. I don't want to call it running away. Let's let's just say a you're tactical advancing retreat. in a different direction. Uh, it's right. a perfectly legitimate tactic in war. Retreating <laughs> is exactly a defensive repositioning. It's a defensive yeah. repositioning. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you if you put it in that light, I think PCs might actually be okay with it for the most part. And you as a GM might say, you know, it's perfectly okay to drop back and regroup instead of saying, you know, you can run. Because if you say run, people are going to get their hackles up and say, fuck it, I'm going to fight to the death. <laughs> or if you say, it might be a good idea to maybe drop back and regroup. Oh, right. yes, we can drop back and regroup. I don't know what you're saying. Drist would never run away. Well, <laughs> yes. All right. Let go. There's some stuff yeah. you can you can There's stuff to chew on. on. You can chew on that stuff right there. <laughs> Crunchy, maybe ah. ear hole, something. Yeah, earworm. Right. You, may, you get, might get the runs, though. <laughs> All right, email from Eric. Who would like to read Eric in Bakersfield's email? Baker's. I don't know if that's the one I wanted to read. There's one of these I want to read. All right, well, that's about the 13th level Pathfinder game. I'll get it. I'll get this one. Okay. You got it. Oh, I get it. Uh, go ahead. I think I might want to read Rob's. I think Rob is the one that I... Howdy, jack I'll say that again. jack I'll get right into it. I'm in a 13th level Pathfinder game. The party has been attempting to defeat the machinations of the evil human empire. We are mostly elven, half-elven, except for one human cleric (coughs) who only ever uses a bow. uh, Party. We followed the empire to an orbital weapon station, took it from them, and had it taken away. The empire destroyed a dwarven city with the weapon, and when I got my chance, and in my anger took over the weapon, and annihilated the Imperial City. (laughs) (laughs) Along with all its inhabitants, we assume. This caused the one human to attempt to murder me, and Table Flip rage quit when I escaped him with a teleport instead of fighting him. Oops. Tactical retreat. Tactical regrouping. Advancing in another direction. Yes. As a way of explanation, I have been secretly sharing information with the Elven Court that the party wanted to keep secret from them. And I did use my magical powers and undetectable deception to ensure that the weapon would be used against the human capital, even though the human told me that he would kill me if I did so. Ooh. Wait, wait, wait. So So the the human cleric told him, if you do this, I'm going to kill you. So he and the GM have been in cahoots the whole time. Right. Right. I understand his character's reaction to my character's actions. Seeing that he told me, I cannot comprehend his table-flipping rage. Though apparently there had been a conversation, from which I was absent, where the group discussed, out of character, how we would use these super weapons when we found them, which was to not use them. I kind of wish they'd shared this decision with me. 
Hours of the game were spent trying to reconcile him back into the game, <coughs> and it was decided that I needed to change my character motivations and that we would retcon the actions. Aww. I know. <laughs> Am I missing something? Cause nope, I, that's it. That's it. Okay. It says, what is your take? It says, what is your take? On this um, course of events. First of all, you're a dick. Uh, you knew full well that you were going to piss your friends off. And second of all, it was awesome. It was bloody awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were you're told, a dick you are. Awesome. You, were, you totally awesome knew dick. that you were, you were undermining all of your friends because you were in cahoots with the GM. And you cannot be surprised that you pissed people off. So it, it, part of me says, wah, wah, you pissed people off. Aww. And you can't be whining about it. On the other hand, table flipping rage is not, I don't think, is, is called not for cool. in this equation. You are right. Um,. I think what he did was incredibly cool and somewhat dickish because he he knew, like you said, he knew he was going against what the party wanted. But you know, sometimes you, you and do the that. GM have been like sending notes back and forth, and you've already had a plan going on. And right. I, I, as a player, having been blindsided by that, would be absolutely pissed as well. My character However, might be totally livid about that. I would completely keep it within character. Yeah, my character might be totally livid and might just. Take it to violence over that. Absolutely. Could happen. But me as a player would not table flip unless I felt like, unless you guys were all like, nah, 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 nah. I don't know what you and the GM were doing, but if you could literally rubbed it, if you like broke character and rubbed it between yeah, that, player and that's, player. Then that's a dick move. It, totally. What do you think? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> With both of you. <laughs> no, I think, I obviously it creates some conflict, but I, I don't think he did anything wrong and i don't know that the table flip is necessarily warranted uh i can understand being frustrated or you know because if you feel passionately about the story going one way or you know the party doing one thing totally that's totally cool uh and even if it presents some tension or conflict between the pcs that's totally cool too but to personally table flip I don't know about that. If you spent the last eight, nine game sessions talking to the GM, working against the rest of the PCs, yeah. and then the rest of the PCs suddenly get uh, are mad at you when they find out the big reveal, you can't be mad at them for being right. mad at you. You've spent a lot of time. That's true. Fooling. You set yourself up for them to be ter- be, to, be torqued with you. Be, yeah. Why? why? I don't. Know. I uh, for the character. I would say for the characters to be torqued with your yes. character. Okay. Well, yeah. Th- that is perfectly acceptable, and that's part of a role playing game. But, um, if if the person them if the person himself, the player himself, is personally angry with the other person, I don't think that's necessary. Well, it's certainly not necessary, but it's there's a problem with the person who's that angry at someone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, I could certainly see yourself you know, all thinking you're playing one game and suddenly you get blindsided by this something that two other people hadn't had in mind. All of a sudden the GM and another player pull out this meta plot that they've been cooking behind the scenes and you feel like you've been completely taken aback. You it's suddenly there's a whole other game that was going on that you weren't privy to and you feel pissed because all of a sudden they've been playing a whole other game and and now you are it's like it's like magic. It's like, hey, there's a quarter. Now it's gone. You're an asshole. It's like, hey, here's a game you're playing. Oh, nope, it's not the same game. You're an asshole. 
suddenly this guy feels like the game he was playing was completely invalidated and everything he did was wrong. And because these guys had a whole other game planned behind their back. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I get it. In, in a perfect world, it, it's <coughs> character to be character, and you go, awesome, cool, but I think this guy probably felt betrayed. That's and I, I, possibly, does it, but does, is it is it inval? I mean, this person's feelings are his feelings. Is he wrong for being mad? Pro- maybe, but but it's a legitimate reaction for being fooled. I, I don't. I won't say that I think he's wrong for being frustrated or you know maybe even angry because you know this he thought as a player thought things were going one way but things went another way. Okay. Table flipping rage, over the top. Well, and uh, the uh, but we even, don't know if that's a literal table flip. Yeah, this is true. But it does sound. He did say that he rage quit. Right. But even the part after that, where they had to hours of the game were spent trying to reconcile him back into the game, and it was decided that I needed to change my character motiva- motivations, and that we would retcon the actions. See, I wouldn't. That's so sad. That's sad it is. because because that's just I don't know. That Especially right there, che- pl- you know, for sessions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That right there defeats the game, because in my opinion, and that breaks the game. Right I think there. I think it's two things that going on. Uh, there was a great meta plot going on between the GM and this other player, and it was awesome. And the other player was so emotionally attached that when it actually came to unreal, he took it personally. And that does happen in RPGs, and we yeah. and and we gloss over it of that, but that in fact happens a lot, right? And people take things personally when they're really only just happening in the game, and some people even harp on that. Well, my character wouldn't do that, or my character would, uh, all of that stuff. And we've talked about it, and we've seen it, and it kind of brings out the worst in role playing games. But the point is, he's legitimately upset by what actually happened in the game, and I'm not going to take either side because I don't have enough of the information. True. I think that. It is an unbelievably bold thing to have a meta plot that goes off, and you cannot be surprised when people have their feelings hurt because you literally kept it under the table for the longest time, and then pulled, and suddenly pulled it out. And no, the guys, I, no, I disagree. The guys acted like a bitch. Well, yes, he, is. he sat there and he pitched a fit until everything got retconned and it all got undone, and it went the way he wanted. Yeah. fuck that guy. Get him out of your table. Well, okay. I mean, that, isn't that exactly what happened? Well, yeah. they retconned the whole fucking yeah, thing that's to try to bring say, it back okay, to the okay, table. okay, okay, sit back down. We erase these, erase these. That's gross. Take back these. <laughs> it is. It's gross. It is. It, it is. And as, as the GM, I'm looking at this situation and trying to put myself into the GM's mindset. Um, okay, I've got a guy who's pissed off because of how things just went in the game. And you're like, okay, dude, okay, calm down. This is how things went in the game. <coughs> We're not going to undo that, but feel free to, in character, take whatever action your character would take. Yeah. You said you were you was going to murder him if he did this. Well, he just did this. Yeah. Take what action you deem necessary. Yep. True. And, and then he can't pull off killing the guy and ends up get his character gets killed himself and he rage quits anyway and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and the, and Maybe. the other thing is it's how I, how it was presented too. If the GM and the other yeah. like, we just pulled you. Uh, mm, 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 yeah, you fuck know, those guys. Fuck yeah. those guys. <laughs> yeah, right. that, that's ass You know. Uh, so I don't I don't have enough information to how well it was presented, but 
certainly as a player, if that blindsided me, my first instinct would be like, you fucking douches! Fuck you! And well, I'd be mad, I'd go off and I'd take a piss yeah. and come back and go, dude, that was awesome. Stay that the fuck. Awesome. This guy should stay the fuck away from World of Darkness. <laughs> yeah. stay, the, stay the fuck away yeah. from L5R, yeah. unless you're all playing the same clan. And yeah. stay away from Monster Hearts. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. you know... A host of other games. It it is it is tricky. I I personally been gotten emotionally invested in characters as well. I don't it, think there's anything wrong tricky. with I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I mean, especially as GMs, you invest an enormous amount of time putting into the game to prep it. Anyway, players invest time and are emotion can be emotionally invested in their characters. I I I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't have a problem with someone actually getting angry, but. Sure. It's just the end result of this to me was like, well, it was gross. Yeah, thank you guys. <laughs> I'm out of here. Right. <laughs> thank you guys. I'm out of here. Screw you guys. Uh, email from Aetherpunk. Good. Because <coughs> I think I'll read it Thank you, Eric W. from Bakersfield. Yes. And I, I don't have any Bakersfield jokes handy. Normally I would try to have one. Because it's fucking Bakersfield. Bakersfield. I know. That's the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I drove through Bakersfield on my way here, and I'm and now having lived here. I mean, this is when I was moving here. The Google Maps routed me through Bakersfield, and they just now wanted you to live here. I can't figure <laughs> out why. Fresno is the same way. You're like, what? What the hell is? What is this? Well, literally, was a good hundred miles out of my way. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So you like went through like I'm coming like, up the ten. And then it routes me way up north through Bakersfield, and then back down. What? What? I I don't know. Why. Did you actually follow that? Yes, I did because oh I didn't know any better at the <laughs> time. Like a day's worth of, out of your way. <laughs> it was a good couple hours out of my way. It's several hours. That's yeah, more than a couple you know. Hours. It, it, it's probably Google wanting to warn you. Don't ever go here. What? what yeah. <laughs> places to avoid in California. It's like a Twilight Zone. Just let you know, you're <laughs> really just driving is. through right now. Yeah. I'm not gonna like. Sentient, Don't get off the freeway. Google was yeah. sending you to the cornfield. <laughs> have, you, have, have you guys watched, watched Silicon Valley on HBO? No. No, it looks good, though. It does. It's hysterical. They oh, had, cool. had an episode where they had, like, the... It's like a like the Google auto drive car that yeah. drives itself. This guy gets in the backseat of the thing, and it takes him around, and all of a sudden it goes, rerouting, and it takes him to some, like... <laughs> Robot island in the middle of the Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hysterical. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gina. I'll read, oh, I'll okay. read Rob. You'll is read it you the, the email from Aetherpunk? <coughs> yeah. Is it Aetherpunk? 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 The A is silent. I would say it's Ether. Aetherpunk. E- Ether or. P.S. What happened to the drunken version of Laser Printed Hero? It's still uh, th- that's one that Tappy sings that he does all the lyrics wrong. It's still there. It's in there somewhere. Oh, was that lost with the other files? No, no it wasn't. Hey, Stu, and I suppose uh, the rest of you, if you decide to read this out, I think this is the rest of that other email. Actually, uh, I was listening to your Blood Blades and Tusk playtest, and your magic system seems to run. In a similar vein to mine regarding spell points and earning them back. I was wondering if you could go into greater detail for inspiration. Okay, hold on. Blood, Blades, and Tusks. That's the moment of truth. Yeah. Uh, that's fantasy. the fantasy. The three of us and Dave Plain. And the French orcs. All right. Yeah, the French orcs. Uh-huh. We all say Francais. We all French That's right. I played the ranger. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Blood, Blades, yeah. and Tusk. Right. Yep. Got it. 
currently, I have magic into circles with a total pool of points. The idea is humans easily bend magic but do not produce it themselves, nor can they store it for a long time. <coughs> Instead, they have to draw power from the world around them in order to cast. Cool. I think I will add in a casting skill in order to ma- help make complex tasks more difficult rather than just more expensive. And I have an overdraw feature that has two options. Convert life force, is that like blood magic, mm-hmm. um, or draw from the earth. In order to draw from the earth, the area must be powerful enough with ley lines and nexi, nexi. Next Next being able to have heavier magic drawn from them. Essentially, mages can store magic for use in low magic er- areas, but can cast basically freely within a node of power. That's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I had an, an idea while I was I think the Dorini saga has this as well. Similar, similar concept. Um, the idea I had was, okay, so you're an, a human wizard, so you don't produce magic yourself. So grab a couple of mind-controlled elf slaves and suck the magic out of them to use. At all times, they're just your batteries. That's some dark yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's like, uh, yeah. I'd be it'd be the kind of thing an evil evil wizard would do. Just, Absolutely. Just open up a rift to a magical realm, and that's your battery. It just stays with you all the time, and you're just constantly pulling magic out of it. Tasty, tasty magic. So d- to answer his question with regards to the magic system, uh, for moment of truth, uh, it, that that. It, I, I I came up with that mechanic purely as a as a way to kind of balance mages because mages in the system are really goddamn powerful. Uh huh. Yeah. They are like I will kill you with one spell, and I, I want them to be that way. Uh, yeah. Well, as I played a a spellcaster in that game, um, it was pretty bloody effective, but um. Could days also are, go very awry, right? On and you because you use your powers really quickly, and days are very long. Yeah, and well, once you once you, you blow your wand, you're like, I got another eight hours to go. What? Yeah. Well, that's not the way that that's not the way magic regenerates. At midnight, there's if I recall correctly, there's, there's a ritual. A ritual there's a ritual you have to do, <coughs> and then you 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 roll a dice pool, and however many successes you get, you get that many power points back. Okay, right. so so you might. You might get all of them back in one night, but probably not. You're probably only going to get a couple. Yeah. And, but you could also, I mean, when you you casted you casted a spell in that game where you took out like three orcs. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And, and that and that, that's what I wanted to do. I want magic to be like, oh fuck, this is magic. It's really fucking powerful. It trumps right. everything. Yeah. But this is the sort of civilization that's not going to bother with with. Uh, well, and magic was on the the download. <coughs> Yeah, that, was the, that yeah. was the other balancing thing. Yeah. Is within the fiction, it's forbidden because the church right. dominates yeah. and the civilization and as, its heresy. As the the character, I, there were things I really wanted to do, mm-hmm. but um, like the first couple of times I cast spells at all, I was really very much like. Do I really want to do this where they can see me? Right. Because yeah. if they know what I'm doing. They could denounce me to the church, and then I'm going to be burned as a heretic. Right. And that's going to go badly. But, and there was another element of, I know I've only got this much to work with, and if I use, you know, this much of it now, what if we come up against something worse later? So, I was very conscious of being frugal with my powers. That, right. And it gets the, always the balance with the caster. Yeah, it You're is. You're constantly worried about... If I blow my wad now, we'll have anything for later. I am, yeah. 
totally distracted by the idea of a mich- a Walking Dead Michonne with two. That was exactly <laughs> the idea. <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> the jaws removed, right? no arms. Right. It's like okay, uh, Power Stone actual people. Right. Yep. Walking that's Power Stone. Yeah. That's some awesome. pretty, this is pretty sick shit. Yeah, it is, but it's awesome. Email from Rob. Rob. Howdy, Stu, and the rest of the crew. I came across your podcast while searching for IBC Podcasts, and I immediately knew that only something so wrong could feel <laughs> so right. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for both the actual play podcast and the regular podcast. We are the very wide of They relit podcast. a fire that hadn't burned for decades. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Here's a little about, about my sordid past. <laughs> I started as a young kid with D&D Redbox. Then Blue Box. And finally, AD&D. I then moved on to Middle Earth Role Playing Role Master. I love the charts because I managed to sever an arm from my little brother's characters with a troll while I was jamming. <laughs> I also love Tolkien's World, which would. <laughs> I would love to take a group with Kimmy in it through the mines of Moria in Loth- Lothlorien. And Kimmy does actually speak Elvish, so you would be at a disadvantage. <clears throat> Eventually. I moved on to the Shadowrun 2E, but drinking and chasing girls in my early 20s became more important, and that's where the story had appeared to end. (laughs) Eventually, I married and began looking for hobbies that I could do at home, which led me to play War Machine and then Warhammer 40K. While I have loved a good strategy game, I truly love a good story, and especially one that is interactive, which led me back to RPGs. I've recently played a little Savage Worlds and Pathfinder as a PC, but I really wanted to GM my own game. So I managed uh, I managed to gather a group of friends together and start up a game of AD&D 2E. Yeah, that was a mistake. Money and time is tight, and I have all this old school D&D stuff, so why not use it and <laughs> why not run it using the stuff I have on hand? Some of those old school modules bring back memories of great times during my childhood, and who wouldn't want to relive that? The problem with D&D 2E just doesn't hold up to systems like Pathfinder, and we soon found ourselves making the conversion to Pathfinder. Enough about me, however. Let's get on to the point of the email. Season 11, Episode 15. Stu, Stork, and Hoser Rob were talking about managing NPCs and story information. I, like Stu, thought, though, what the fuck? I need a database. Even though I'm running canned adventures, I'm still weaving my players' characters into the plots, and the, all the while trying to develop an overall plot that will culminate in a spectacular finish. I needed an effing database to track all the shit I make up on the spot. And since I'm familiar with Microsoft Access, I knew that was what I would use. I'm no wizard at it. And I'm self-taught, so people trained in using it would probably cringe at its design. But it works! I'm actually on my second iteration of it after uh, learning a few lessons from the first. I decided I didn't need to add every NPC stats and separate data fields along with their gear, etc. F that. I basically set up a new one with things by general location followed by specific location, which contains another area for monsters slash NPCs, encounter stats, and information. Location fields basically have spots for me to paste in stats. Thanks, Piazzo, PRD. I can just find... What? Paizo. Paizo. SRD. SRD? I think it's a typo. It's it's actually the PFSRD. PFSRD. Pathfinder's what, what? source 
So all right, system resource. System that's system what resource. I was asking for. I can just find what I want and paste <laughs> it in. <laughs> have a place for the NPC and character information for those special baddies or important characters. I can also link maps and pictures to each NPC, PC, and location so that I can keep the pertinent info at hand, as well as giving my key PCs a face to help keep them consistent. As with anything, if it's garbage in, then it's garbage out. However, since I have streamlined things, I can cut and paste a lot of information I want. I believe that this database may be just the ticket for me, (laughs) but only time will tell. I've attached a link to the folder that contains the database and a few pics and maps to give you an idea of how I'm using it. Please check it out and let me know what you think. You do not need to have access. You do need. Oh, I'm sorry. You do need to have access uh, 2003 or later installed in Apple. Users are out. Sorry for the... Uh, sorry, them's the breaks. Thanks again, Happy Checkers. You are my favorite podcast and listen to quite a few. Tip one, back for me, and uh, roll the dice, baby. Sincerely, Rob and the other hoser you f... Uh, Rob, the other hoser you effing stitch. P.S. <laughs> I had the wrong button. During our run through the sinister secret of Saltmarsh series, that's a lot of S's. And, that, and it's a, a great series of modules. Secret. <laughs> I actually, I think, as a, as a side note, like, uh, in between college and playing again with Stu and crew, I actually did play a D&D game with Tim Grafham. Right. And his friend Greg, and it was this one. It was the Saltmarsh one. It's the very first one where you brought into the salt marsh and you meet the ranger and <gasps> dun 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 and he isn't at all what you expect go up so, to the house on the cliff during our run through the sinister secret of salt marsh series I gave one of my players a physical copy of the map the lizardmen had given to the party this map was of their <coughs> old fortress which had been overrun by Sahagan Gesundheit the player said oh yeah great and placed it with his character sheet we get through most of the session, and the party's just about to the fortress when one of the players, using a little bit of mandate, asks the swamp druid if the lizardman gave him anything to help the party out. <coughs> and they get to the for- when they get to the fortress, straight faced, he looks up and says, "Nope," and goes back to staring <laughs> off into space. That's awesome. Side note: I also emailed these maps to the player earlier on in the week to help facilitate the email dialogue session I make our group participate in prior to our regular game session. The other player was pissed. I couldn't help laughing my ass off. I asked if he was sure about that. I don't know what drugs he was on or his needs to be on, but I uh, I had to dig through the papers he had, find the maps, and give them to the rest of the party. And yes, this player is still providing me amusement with challenging his groups not to kill him. Maybe it's my fault, but I also had another player semi-rage quit after telling him he couldn't cast spells underwater while using a potion of water breathing, <laughs> but that's a story for another time. P.S.S. The book the book of Ships and Sea specifically says that water breathing potions cause the user's lungs to fill up with water, making normal speech impossible. So suck it, monkey. Yeah. <laughs> he was our rules lawyer, and he didn't remember this old book. LOL. Sessions are going more smoothly now. <laughs> Um, I, I think what he's doing is totally awesome. Um, I am a software developer by trade, and um, I have taken a bash at doing this myself a couple of times, and, and I've never gotten as far as he has with it. Um, I, I, I found a tool recently. Well, not so you terribly recently. You said tool. Um, <laughs> it, 
um, that I am, am growing increasingly fond of, uh, and that is uh, Wolflayer's Realmworks, which is uh, a really a really great tool. I'm I'm digging it. Is um, it an app? Is it a? It's an application. It's a, it's software, um, and. And you got to subscribe to it, don't you? There is a subscription thing, but you can use it offline. Oh, and it runs on your phone or your iPad as Com- well. on my computer. Oh, yeah, my only, computer. my only real gripe with it is it's not available for the Mac, so I have to run it on a spare Windows laptop. Don't you run a Linux box anyway at this point? Uh, actually, no. I've got <laughs> MacBook, Windows, Windows. Fair enough. You should just and I do have have a Linux. Linux box for all that. Well, I do have I do have do. a Linux box. It's just not running at the moment because I don't need it. But anyway, but I really dig what he's doing. It's it's really it sounds totally awesome. Um, I would I would like to see what he's what he's done. I, it's a common problem we all have. It's like how do you manage your stuff? And how do you? Because people will come back to Maritsubi Satoshi. After days, that's an inside job for anybody that hasn't right. listened to the L5R. But we will come back to that, and all of a sudden we go back to the end because that's what we know. And you're like, oh shit, I forgot the name of the bartender. Oh crap, what were his stats? Oh god, what was the name right. of the. And we have to keep that stuff. I'll tell you a story in the real world about, you know, I work in the Hollywood industry, and we had to have to, we'd have all these, what they call swing sets. When you're doing a television show and a character shows up, they have a room, and then the character will come back, and maybe they're in another room. So eventually you end up with all these rooms for the characters, right? You have to keep elaborate notes so that when the character comes back and they're in that room, you either save the set and have to set it back up and repaint it, or build it from scratch, but you have to keep the notes about what that set looked like for that character. You're making swing sets? That's what they call what it. What kind of yes. movies are you making? Yeah, oh. right. <laughs> but it's exactly the same kind of record keeping, which is yeah. you need to make a record of what was NPC was so in what late. place and what they did and what, where they were. And it sucks, but that's part of the problem of, of, of continuity. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's, that's the bottom. It's continuity. Now, if you don't give a shit about continuity, just make it up as you go at every time. And some people don't. But a lot of us, especially GMs, are kind of micromanagers, and continuity is important. To Recurring us. characters are kind of important. Yeah. I mean, players will begin to value the familiarity of characters, whether they like them or not. They they they, they suddenly will have more weight, and 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 when That's things true. and yeah. when things happen that affect them, it 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 has more weight emotionally to the players. We also just we've made a connection. We went to the Green Dragon Inn in the town, and the next time we go back to it, I'm going to go back to our friend. Is the bartender still there? And now all of a sudden you have to go through your notes to remember what the fuck the name of the bartender was. Right. Right. And, and they're not doing it maliciously. They're going back to familiarity. It's like, remember us? We all have money. I can tip you better. Ah. Right. Oh, is the bar yeah. still here? And you as a GM are scrambling to remember what it is you came up with originally. And the players are just trying to revisit a familiar thing because that's what we do. Yeah. yeah it's the local I, pub. I, you well, want to go back. It's part of what gives depth and to the story and makes it not Real. just like, yeah, two-dimensional. And I keep trying to do that in our Deadlands game, but the NPCs keep getting killed. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Maybe that's a GM going, fuck it, I can't keep track of this shit. I'm no, no, it's because the place gets overrun by well, undead it's, it's every, Deadlands, every yeah. other week. Yeah. The piano sure player always lives, though, right? Oh, no, no, no. The last time we saw the piano player, he was in pieces inside the piano. Yeah, but he's undead, so he's in ding, 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 ding. It's got that cool it's player piano. piano. Yeah, it's a player okay. piano. Uh, Tomer, just uh, on a side note, he said he thinks Bakersfield has paid Google Ads 
So that's why you were rerouting. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. That, I think so I, too. Can you imagine it if they did that? Yeah. It's like some fast food restaurant. It's like just oh, anyone who like drives within a block, route them by my place. <laughs> that that's awesome. so scary. <laughs> You know, if your car is driving it yourself, right, and you're sitting there playing exactly. on your phone, you <laughs> wouldn't even know what's happening. But I can uh, totally out, pays see. Enough money, you know, there's like the route goes by every in and out that's on the route. It may not be the most direct route, right. but in case you buy every one of them, and every one of them's on the right side, and you don't have a choice. The car's so driving can... itself. You're like, God, there's, there's a lot bing, of bing. Are you hungry? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you're hungry. Twelve miles to the next in and out. Are you hungry? You know you're it hungry. It seems like you're hungry. It's been a while since we've stopped for food. Oh, no. Wouldn't you like a delicious double-double and a shake? Oh, no. <laughs> and animal fries. Oh. Email from hour 11. Oh, I get to read this, and it's about GURPS. GURPS. I need to say a few things about GURPS. There is not, nor has there ever been, a system more misunderstood or <laughs> blindly misjudged by the ignorant than GURPS. How does it being brother. Me, me reading it? You know, you I can do it if up. you want. I actually, I actually like this email mm. a lot. This is the one I wanted to read. It's bad enough. It's bad enough that people knee-jerk down downvote GURPS threads in the RPG subreddit. Damn them! Yeah, the stupidity. Cannot stand. Cannot stand. Curse their sudden and inevitable <laughs> betrayal. I will not abide. Settle in. This shit is long. This does not abide. <laughs> Bring in a copy of Reader's Digest. We're going to be here for a while. That was me. <laughs> uh, part A. The simile. GURPS is like anal sex. It's the not a metaphor. It's a simile. End. Don't get, before we get hate mail, he did say it's a simile. Number one. Not everyone is into it. Let's be serious for a minute. There is no <laughs> single system. We were all pretty serious right. already. <laughs> you know, when I'm into anal sex, I mean, I'm into it. I make balls deep into it. It depends. It depends. What no, that's, that's uh, anal sex to somebody else entirely. Uh, <laughs> Why uh, cannot be unseen? That's a little oversh- overshare- overshared. That's a oversharing. Abuse of the listener. Loss of beer. Give me your beer right now. No. <laughs> That's the piece that I was fine until the defense joke. <laughs> Let's be serious for a minute. There is no single system that plays the way everyone wants their game to play. <coughs> Someone will always be turned off by it, although when done right, GURPS comes the closest to potentially meeting everyone's needs. Some people will never want to want you near the back door that's their call (laughs) it only takes number two and this is the important this is actually i think is key point in this thing it only takes one bad experience to ruin it forever just like Uh, sex (laughs) yes just like (laughs) if you just aren't into gerps that's fine see number one but if you hate gerps i guarantee the one time you played it the gm sucked and didn't know how to gerps to how, how to gm gerps Odds are, you got flipped over and done dry. I understand your resistance to trying to trying it again. <laughs> Sad but true. <clears throat> right. Mm. It is. Uh, number three. Like all sex, it's different with different people under different circumstances. <laughs> I like to. I like it. Because I can run the, a rules-like cartoon-based game of silliness one week and a gritty war simulation the next. It's GURPS all the way down. 
though, if you're a good GM... N- no, if your GM, GM is good. If your GM is good, neither one should be unpleasant. And they should feel like completely different experiences. But let's face it, everyone's been with that person that sucks at all, at, that sucks at it, or in that uncomfortable back seat with the cold seat belt stabbing you between the shoulder blades. <coughs> hmm. I never made out in a car with a back seat. It was always a pickup truck. Pick em up truck? A pickup truck. And it, yeah, and... It, it's a whole new meaning to the word if pickup. I had, if I had had more foresight, I would have bought a sedan. <laughs> Do they have DVD the players? Not trucks have beds. Not back don't they? then. Like I just, yeah. the like, truck part. Like the van with the Frazetta painting on it. That would be awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the and the water and the bed. moon. What do you call those domey windows in the van? The, the doomy windows. Dome. Yeah, yeah. like, like the heart shaped window. The, yeah, the the, yeah. the water the bed Rico in van. the back and they, the they the red carpet on the walls. The child molester vans, but yeah, those are usually the ones without windows on them. The moon roof. Yeah, maybe that's it. Number four, if you go into it thinking this is going to suck, odds are it's, it's going, going to suck. Truer words were never spoken. We have all heard the horror stories, how complicated GURPS is, how intimidating. It's fine. The first time is always scary. It's important to find someone who is experienced, <laughs> who has already made the mistakes, <laughs> and, and had, had to, to wash the, the sheets. sheets. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. The, shh, shh. It's okay. It's okay. Trust me. This won't, this won't hurt. The moral of the story. GURPS may not be the game for you, but you won't know it if you don't have multiple experiences. Just like anal sex. <laughs> okay. How can you judge on one try? Well. Right? You try it. I was just going to say. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like all those other systems where you know what you're getting into before... You even finish the dinner and movie. Part B. Part the B. The GM instructions that Steve Jackson has forgotten to put in every single edition ah, of the game. Now this, I think, is important. <clears throat> All right. Now you, Stu, because uh, you're a group's master, you, you figure this stuff out. But we, novices, have read this, and there are <laughs> entire sections Steve Jackson has not bothered to explain to us lowly pearls. Because you know why? It's a stupid question. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> You Can just you imagine the muttering he did to himself after that interview? <laughs> All right. Uh, number one, GURPS is not a finished product out of the box. <coughs> Excuse me. Were if, you going to argue that or not? No. Okay. Uh, if every game system is a machine for fun, GURPS is a box of unlabeled parts from the manufacturer. Can we get applause for that? Yeah. I love that <laughs> analogy. I love that. Yep. Maybe a little bit of that. Yes. A little bit of this. No. Well, not yet. that. Um, I'm sorry. Manufacturer. I'm sorry, lazy GMs, but you have to build the machine first. The core book gives you really easy arrangement of pieces. GURPS Lite is an even easier machine to put together. You get to throw out most of the most of the pieces. GMs who choose GURPS because the system they already want for their game doesn't exist yet, you're in luck! Because you can build that system of your dreams with these parts, plus any of the other parts you choose to order from Steve Jackson Games. They have all the parts. It really is like By Legos. now they do, yes. It totally is Legos. I mean, <coughs> it, 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 you can totally pick up... Yeah, it, yeah, it's the Lego of game systems. 
Need for no number two, and this is probably the most important thing there is about GURPS. Need number two, uh, number two. Need first, then numbers second. Every aspect of GURPS plays out this way. First, what do you need? Second, let's build it. That's that's a very good point for a system. For the system, write down the type of game you need. Is it rules light or heavy? Serious or silly? Realistic, magical, or super? What time period? What kind of technology? How many? How much detail? What's important? Is money, weapons, investigation, etiquette, ethics, etc. Once, only once you have detailed the requirements for the perfect system needed to get the needed for the next game you have planned, and only then can you start to choose the GURPS books you will use, which optional rules will you will need, which rules you will throw out, which extra levels of detail your game needs, character power level, etc. Characters are made the same way. Never tell your players to just make a character, or you will have a group of dyslexic dino snipers in your low fantasy game. Have your players describe their character. Absolutely, this is the way you do it. Have your characters describe their character. Have your players describe their characters as three-dimensional people first, then help them apply the numbers to an already fleshed-out PC description. Now, when when UGM GURPS last, that's how we did it. You basically said, "What do you want to play?" And you right. helped us design our characters with <coughs> those thoughts in mind. You can't bearing in mind too that there was a genre specific as well. Right. You can't flip through the book. I'm gonna make a character. I'm gonna flip through the book. Oh, well, let, oh, oh, I can have nine arms. Oh, well, let's right. <laughs> I mean, because it's ev- it's all in there, right? It, it, yeah. Yeah. So instead, you come up with character concept first, and they go to the index and find the sections you need to figure out what your point. And he's are. right because because GURPS owns the rights or is tune, so you right. can really run a tune game because that's GURPS, and you can run a high <laughs> uh, cyberpunk. A modern game with computers and weaponry and everything out of the same book. How do you differentiate between the two? Well, this is how. You yeah. say, here's the game we want to run and this is the PC I want to build. Yep. Uh, need then numbers. GURPS is infinite. You first must know what you need then select the mechanics that will create it. Uh, if you start... <coughs> with a, with the pile of everything that is GURPS, you will be overwhelmed. If your game is Dark Ages, you don't need all the rules for robot weights and spaceship engine costs. Nope. It seems simple, but that's GURPS does not necessarily that's present it, it that way either. I mean, you no, normally in most most games, if you're doing character generation, here's the player's handbook. You're right. Go through it, figure out what you want. Right. It's all archetypes, right? And, and then we're all used to that. But with mm-hmm. GURPS. <laughs> Because yeah. it is a generic role-playing system, that's that's the G in the GURPS. It, it yeah, it could get completely. There's a lot of extraneous stuff there. Yep. Number three, GMs build it, players just play it. By the time your players touch your game, they shouldn't be any it. It shouldn't be any more complicated than any other game. All they need to know is roll rolling three d six for lower than the number the GMs said is a success. GMs. The onus is on you to apply the modifiers. Remember rule two. Though, if you know part of the adventure will be a gun will be a gunfight in a storm, you can prep those range modifiers. If you didn't know what was going to happen, then you can use the GM sections suggestions on general difficulty modifiers for how hard you think it is to shoot in the dark in the rain on a boat with the flu <laughs> after 
hearing bad news, etc. I don't think there actually is that modifier for hearing bad news. Um, uh, it's for confusion. Like if you got <coughs> hit on the head, so you're stunned. Okay. Uh, you should <laughs> never, never have to detail to your players every bonus and every minus. Let your players know ahead of time that, that you will not. Guesstimating modifiers for obscure factors is part of GMing GURPS, and it is essential in keeping combat moving. Don't ever stop and pull out a book and look up the obscure negative one. Yeah, I okay. would like to say that this is uh, when I were, was playing in a, G- a GURPS game with you used to, that you made that absolutely effortless. Right. You just roll three die six, and I will tell you to. The MOOC does the same thing. Jeb, you do it as well with Hero. It's effortless. I, Hero can be very t- uh, intimidating, mm-hmm. with, especially with some of the math with the DM or whatever. And then I'll just roll dice and look at you and you say, hmm, you hit. Or you didn't hit. I think that's important. A lot of people, especially uh, GMs, will try to have the players do some of the work for them. And it's all on the GMs to make sure that the players, all, all of that math is done by you and the players just have a chance to actually play the game. I will generally, only because people are superstitious, I will generally tell the players, okay, your skill level, let's say, is 15. I'm giving you a minus 2 to your skill level yeah. because of the range. So instead of a 15, you're going to roll a 13 or less go. Because now they know what they're rolling, and their mental yeah. juju might affect the yeah. dice, right? I like to And if know. I didn't tell them that... Well, having a target number to shoot for is always kind of fun. Right. It's like gambling. You're like, oh, come on, lucky 13, oh... Wait, um, I was rolling 2d6, yeah, but I was supposed right. to get 13. <laughs> Wait <laughs> a minute. Number four. GURPS isn't for every GM in every situation, but it could be. Uh, GURPS is made for GMs who are dissatisfied with systems available to run the type of game they want to run. In other words, if the system needed needed doesn't currently exist, if your game fits perfectly in World of Darkness, then run it in World of Darkness. You can meticulously make GURPS emulate World of Darkness, but that's just silly. However, if you have an idea for a fantasy world where knights joust in robotic steam dragons with wizard-powered weaponry, GURPS will run that perfectly. It will. Like it, like it was designed for that situation from the beginning. If you, GM, take the time to build it. Without designing your own from scratch, no other system will act like it was designed for a game, for such a unique game. I would also put Hero in it, in this category as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to um, comment on that point momentarily. Right. Um, if this is what you need, you might be a GURPS GM in the making. If this is not what you need, it doesn't make GURPS a bad system. It makes it unnecessary to satisfy your needs. If you have a tool you need, and you don't need to design and build the whole new tool... Five. It's silly to hate GURPS. Who hates GURPS? A lot of people. Hate it? Really? Like, actually hate like, it? Well, because, like, it's anal sex. They're retards. They had it They had it rough <laughs> the first time, and they, they don't like it anymore. All game systems are tools for telling stories. GURPS especially. If you pay a contractor to remodel your kitchen and he does a shit job, do you go around telling friends and neighbors how much of a piece of crap that his hammer was? I hate the that fucking hammer, and I hate how it pulls nails and puts nails into things. Fucking hammer made my kitchen suck. <laughs> of course not. Got it. Okay. Because that makes you look like an idiot. Every system has a time and a place. GURPS 
Time and place just happens to be every time and place not covered by a system designed for that specific <laughs> thing. Suck GMs suck. Good GMs are good. I've met some GMs that could probably tell a righteous story in Fatal if they wanted to. I, I would challenge a good GM to run Fatal and I would oh, just get through the thousand pages of the book. I just had to get that off my chest and hopefully help some people see where GURP sits in the world of role-playing games. That was a very well-thought-out argument. I have to say, <coughs> I wonder if he works for Steve Jackson Games, because that was probably the most well-thought-out argument for groups I've ever heard. Hour 11. Wow. And Jib, uh, <laughs> Jib uh, we recognize the hero uh, component in the room. Jib, go ahead. Okay, fu- <laughs> first of all, let me say, I abjectly loves me some GURPS. Love the game system. I have one... Not disagreement, but one fundamental observation about his entire essay. Everything he says is absolutely true about every generic game system on the planet. Yeah, you're right. It's true about GURPS, it's true about Hero, it's true about Savage Worlds, it's true about Fate. Stop you right there, not Savage Worlds. (laughs) Sure it is. Savage Worlds is not everything. Uh, You have to do significant house ruling to get Savage Worlds to do anything. No, you don't. What, what would you have to house rule to make a really Savage gritty, World's deadly game? A really gritty, deadly game. Okay, that's that's not a kind of game. That's a flavor of game. Right. That's what I'm saying. That okay. If I, it's I have everything. Said, it's everything. Okay. If it's I not everything, bef- it's everything. okay. <laughs> you would have to. Death. You would have to make things, and, and you would have to craft things in GURPS or Hero to make them. More to make them cinematic or silly. Yes, you'd have to do things. Okay. Conversely, you would have to do things in Savage Worlds to make it gritty. Okay. And they're just opposite. There's different sides of the same coin. They are just different sides of the same coin. If you imagine Savage Worlds, GURPS, and Hero as a box of Legos that you can pick and choose what you want to use out of it. Right. Then his, va- his point is about Savage it. Worlds is Duplos. They are... <laughs> they are... <laughs> Sorry. They, they are all boxes of tools and widgets with which you can craft a game of I your choosing. With, I agree with now, that. Now, here's the thing. Okay? Imagine, if you will, a scale. On one end, you have GURPS. On the other end, you have Fate. In between, you have Hero and Savage Worlds. <coughs> okay. okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Right. Fundamentally, in principle, I agree with, with what he's saying. Totally. But it's also the same as abjectly applicable to every generic game system. I would say it's applicable to every game system ever. Uh, your GM Up should take the onus anyway. Even with 4E, totally, your GM should be taking a lot of the onus for doing all that math in their heads. Yes, they roll the dice and say if they hit or not. Several of his key points are things that I have done for years in D&D. It's the rules are my problem yes. as the GM. Right. The rules are my problem. That that's now, more of a style of GMing than it has to do with any system. That that yeah. is true. I, agree. I absolutely agree with that. And that is something that um, you know, Moop does, and you and you do stew, and you, you do stork. No, and, no, you do it as well. And, I mean, and I do it. Get all pat it on the back, but but it's basically it, you hide the rules from the players so that they have a chance so that, to play, so that they can focus on their character. Exactly, which is what I want them to be focused on. Is I want them focused on their character. So I'm going to do that same thing in um, 
regardless of the game system. And to another one of his points about, tell me who the character is as a person, as a three-dimensional character thing. Don't worry about numbers. Don't worry about rules. We will make the, the rules fit what you want to do. I don't care what the game system is. That is a fundamental truth. I want to bring that up. I actually wanted to harp on that a bit because the last time uh, Stu Randegerbs came and we were bringing up characters, he basically set that up. Said, what is it you want to play? And, and then he helped us develop the game. Now, that's kind of unique, I think, to Hero and Gerbs because people and the GMs and players, they're so overwhelmed by their choices, <coughs> they need to sit down with the GM and they need to come up with a concept and things. Now, that being said, I don't think that that's a p- bad idea for any game system. I, I did it. 20 years ago in D&D. Tell me what game you want to run. I think I I would be far less frightened to hand someone Savage Worlds Deluxe Explorers Edition and say, here, make a character. Kind of come up with your idea first before you go go flipping, but just go. Because it's it's less... Savage Worlds character generation is less toolkitty. There are fewer fewer pieces. Yes. There there are fewer... It's Duplos. Well, it's kind of an insulting analogy, but I can't argue with it. Um, but, um, but, you, but you still need an idea of the genre. But, but the thing is <coughs> that if you just hand a new pl- a player the Savage Worlds deluxe book and say, okay, we're going to go on with our thing, you make a character, we'll, you'll catch up in a minute. They're going to go, I... Uh, you could still make a forearm to mutant. You know, you, yeah, you can make a forearm mutant. You can. You, know. you can, but the, um, it's not. It's not as you're not going to have that. Uh, uh, certainly, this not vast a, number of choices yeah, cause paralyzation. Separate phone book, right? Of just oh yeah. Can, yeah. can you imagine hero? Right. Here's a book one eight hundred. Boom. Big <laughs> <Yeah>. character. Because <laughs> I mean that's that that's a travesty doing that to anyone. It's because that's travesty doing it to someone who knows hero. Right. Because. They, you got to set limits on shit as oh, the GM, and that's well, my point. I, yeah. And the see that we we've talked about that before, where you know if you turn them loose with here with the hero books, they can make something truly breaky. Oh yeah. But if you turn me loose with GURPS, I'll do the same thing to you. <coughs> sure. Absolutely. It, it's not about making a breaking system. I think it's important. F- for the GM to, to lay down some guidelines and have an outline, well, and to work with the players about the character that they're developing, it's like you can make this character, but you're not going to have fun, or you can make this character, but it's it's not going to fit you know, right. with the rest of it. When or I, I think that's important for especially for something as open ended as Gerbs and Hero, but it applies to all games. It's I think communication is important, and a lot of GMs think make your character. They think they're doing the player a service by saying make a character and I'll put him into the game, and. I think in the long run that's not necessarily true. You as a GM think, okay, I'm going to give you player agency to make the character you want to make, but it's not. It may not fit with what I, I, you have set up. Right, and and I think if we alter one word in yes. that, then we we turn potential disaster into total win. Describe the character you want to be. That's what he said, right? Yeah, here. yeah, <coughs> and. and um, when we were making characters for Mook's Supernatural that's game, that's ex- go yeah. ahead. Cause no, I was just going to say it because Mook has this really cool. Because it, 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 once you are introduced and play for a while, a GURPS character is not. It's not terrifying. Im- yeah, no, it's not, not at all. But the first time creating it, he has like a, a character creation little worksheet that uh, you can describe your character. I think it's on the Mook.net downloads. Um, 
And you describe your character, but it helps you use terminology that's going to be useful for a GM to construct a character based on what you say. This is my strength as a, you know, as a character. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to do this thing. Yeah. And and it's it's questions like, do you want to be more dexterous or stronger? Do you want to be smarter or, you know, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And you, you just, you know, you're, you're describing in plain English who, you, who, your who you want to be. And Mook, being the genius that he is, takes that and goes, here's character. I, I love that. I love having. I, I would love to. I'd love to, especially if you're joining a game that's already been running. <coughs> it's nice to have a clue. Like, here's a make a character. I'm like, what do you guys? You guys have been playing forever. What? You, you, I'm reminded of the French, uh, or no, it's a Canadian film about the guy that comes back to the role playing game, and they've all been playing anyway. And he goes, you know, he makes Boba Fett the yeah. the rogue. <laughs> I, I'm reminded of that. I'm like, he completely didn't know what he was getting back into. He didn't. He didn't have any parameters. I love as a character coming in and like, give me some parameters to play. In. Give me an idea of what it is you, you're doing, right. and then uh, and then I, I I think that that is missing. I think GMs are always saying, "Oh no no, it's up to you, and I will fit it in." I don't want that. Give me give me give me an idea of what it some is, and then I will make it. Yes, yeah, or or just a guideline, just a, yeah. a roadmap. Give me Flame some around parameters out here. with which to work. I think that the, I think every player. Needs some of that, and yeah. and some well, of the groups. In here. I've said it already. I'm beating a dead horse, but uh, yeah, that, it's I, it's a great <laughs> essay, and he makes amazingly wonderful points. And I agree. Yeah. I just think it also applies to other games. Game I, systems I, as well. I agree with you. Because you know, <laughs> Stu, I, I, do you agree? Yes, with the, with the <laughs> caveat that that Savage World is too close. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm gonna hear. I'm gonna hear that. I'm, you are. I'm gonna hear about that. You are. You love that. <laughs> I do. It is. It's it, you can make a you can make a Savage Worlds character in like five ten minutes. Sure. Because, yeah. Well, because, a good one. You can well, make a good. Well, you can because quickly. you've done Gerbs and Hero, and you it's easy. For no, you. no. I'm Savage Worlds. You I, I you can no, make the characters I, faster. Yes. The, but, because you've done I can't GURPS. make I can't make a GURPS character as fast as I can make a Savage no, Worlds. No, but because no. you've done GURPS, no. Savage World is easy for you. Maybe that may be part. That's part of it, I guess. I mean, philosophically, philosophically, all of these game systems <coughs> are the same thing. Philosophically speaking, it's a bunch of pieces, and you put together, and you make a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I think every 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 designer of every generic game system has the hopes that theirs is going to be the Esperanto of role-playing games that actually <laughs> sticks. Right? You know what I mean? Right. The what? No, I know. It, <laughs> is, it is the incubus of, <laughs> of role-playing games. That's what you want. That is that is compelling cinema there. <laughs> Have you, you guys seen and know about Incubus? They actually both have that on DVD. It's William Shatner. William Shatner. Oh, it's, yeah. It was a film that was done in the '60s, and the director, or the I think it was the director, was this fanatic um, Esperanto fan. I don't want to say he, it's the only film made in Esperanto, but I think it's the the most famous for sure. Be, yeah, he, I, I th- it probably it probably isn't the only. It's, all, it's one, shot in Big Sur. It's in However, Black and White. it's awesome. It uh, the 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 entire film is in Esperanto. He required everyone on the set to communicate in nothing but Esperanto making the film. And it's a young Bill Shatner. I mean, it might be right before he got Star Trek. I I think you might be right. 
You it's might like, be right. Wow. Um, it was in between the Twilight Zone Brothers and Star Trek. I think he did this. Oh, it's, it's, very it's, weird. it's 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 yeah. Go check. It I out. was going to say awesome, but it's not awesome. It's not awesome. It's terrible. But oh, anyway. I by the way, I finished uh, um, uh, Clone Wars. Oh, finally. Oh, oh what'd awesome. you think? It was awesome. It was great. Do you feel let down? Did you get the the last? Because they they have a couple of things that were released digitally only. Well, no, they they're not done with those yet. Though, Net- right? Netflix released the entire sixth season. Oh, okay. I I think it was finished, but never never yes, because aired because they they weren't bought up. Yeah, <coughs> and Netflix th- bought I, them. I, th- I think Netflix did like a negative pickup on the on and the they last actually season. well when they realized they were canceled they actually tied up some of the loose ends. I thought it was fabulous. I haven't seen those. Oh, yet. Awesome. I mean, so no spoilers. Just the. Just the, the it, just throughout the entire series, the the little slights. I mean, it f- for me, I'm, there have been people who've talked about how it actually it made the first three films better. The, yeah, the prequels. I disagree. Yeah, I I think it showed how far how they fell short of what they uh-huh. could have been. Absolutely, because the little tiny subtle slights of the Jedi Council against Anakin uh-huh. over the course of that those six seasons. And they, you, you start to see them very slowly, wearing them down. You start to wear them down, yeah. and it's like you guys are fuckers. You created this this uh-huh. monster yourselves. If you go back and well, because I binge watched it, so I watched the thing over oh, the course cool. of a couple months, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, it, I've, it was I, I've great. I have said all along that the there is a fundamental logic flaw in the whole argument that they thought that Anakin Skywalker was going to be a good guy because what it what what it actually said was he would bring balance to the force if you're skewed to want to the good side balance is not going to mean there's going to be more good well balance means you you don't have the higher ground i mean he was obviously on the lower ground and that's what fucked him up <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Because had, had he had the higher ground, it would have been completely different. Anakin, I have the uh, higher ground. ground. <laughs> really? Because I have a 44 automatic. Boom. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't understand something about lightsabers now. Okay. Because I, I someone someone posted a Photoshop picture of Spock with a lightsaber. It made me laugh. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. You reposted. It. I love that. Uh, but can anyone who's not a Jedi pick one up and use it? Yes. Because remember, Han picked one up and turned it on and opened up a, a tauntaun with it. Oh, I guess he did. But you yeah. can't deflect blaster bolts without the force. Well, you know what? No one in, in episodes four through six could either. Right. <laughs> so you could pick them up and use them. Well, that's okay, because stormtroopers can't hit anything. Right. <laughs> Clones could, apparently. <laughs> All right. Vonderful. Vonderful. You know from Vonderful. Vonderful. Thank you, Hour 11, by the yes. way. Yeah. Excellent email. And I d- stay off Reddit. I mean, those those douche fuckers. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> do, uh, you want me to do Vonderful? Whoever wants to do Vonderful. Hola, douchelers. Uh, please read this email in a light Mexican accent, eh? <laughs> I'd like your input on the matter. I didn't think I would ever happen to me because I've never heard of it in my four to five years of gaming. Can I interrupt for one second? Yeah. Gina, you were totally right. Carry on. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be Gina reading this. Well, no, oh, no. 
Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't do the accent. So I'm so I'm doing Cheech Marin. Is that what you thought of it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm DMing my next session. I'm on she, she said this light Mexican accent. So I'm March 28th. If you could give me uh, your input by then, I'd, uh, I'd be in your March dad. 28th of what year? I've got a trouble PC, not a trouble player, and I don't know how to deal with. Let me tell you about Johannes Jones II, the honor of the mask. Oh. Yes, that's his name, <laughs> Johannes Jones. Being the player, frat boy, impoverished noble from the previous Traveler game, which we stopped when most everybody wanted to switch to a generic medieval fantasy setting. Okay, wait, so wait, he took wait, his wait, traveler wait. character. Okay, wait, wait. Yeah. Let me let me digest this. <laughs> his character named Johannes Jones II from a traveler game. Uh, we don't want to play this anymore. Can we do medieval? Sure. I just want to play the same character. Okay. Again, All right. We haven't even got happens. to the good part. Yet. And and you're saying it, yo. It sounds like you're saying Johannes. It's yo apostrophe Highness. Johannes. Yeah. You guys are so racist. <laughs> I'd, you'd finish the. You're making next him sentence. sound German. Now, <laughs> Your Highness Jones the second is a lucha libre champion in blackface who speaks what? as lucha libre champion in blackface who speaks as if he was from the ghetto. What uh, you can't understand me? It's not racist. He got all of them. Like all trouble PCs, he's completely full of himself and will resort to using his full min-max lucha libre force and deal with. Uh, and deal full damage in a lethal system on anyone who dare stand in his way. Family, friends, other PCs, inanimate objects, objects that aren't there, etc. The real trouble, though, is that everyone at the table thoroughly appreciates your highness. The player is a true artisan of derailing games, and it is both hilarious and fun to see him at work. Oh, it's Steven. <laughs> it sounds like yeah, it yeah. really does. Yep. When I started the campaign, I made it clear that murder is the most heinous crime punishable by death. Your Highness is guilty of it. In fact, he is continuously guilty of it. Law enforcement of the magical variety has been after him since the start of the game. The second to last session ended with Your Highness killing <laughs> or kicking everyone out of the bar and setting it on fire while the survivors fetched the guards. I had no plans for this last session because I had no idea what your highness would do. It turned out that the player couldn't make it that night. Everyone else could, so we played on. I had your highness arrested and thrown in prison where he awaits execution in a couple of days. Oh, and one last in-the-game caveat. Due to some great role-playing by all... Of my PCs, your highness has been branded as a sacrifice <laughs> to the in-universe equivalent of the elder gods. If your highness dies, his corpse will usher in a stoppable <laughs> demonic invasion of the world or local area. <laughs> of course, it's easy to keep the tri-state the tri area. They're going to invade the entire world or Nightvale. But this does not give him a lot of derailing power as a PC. I've spoken to the player on the subject already, and he's remorseful about derailing the game as much as he has. Aww. Yeah, right. Oh, I'm really sorry I you know, made your game memorable. Uh, at the same time, he doesn't want to tarnish the integrity of your highnesses. I like, I like that your highness, the blackface traveler, 
character. Lucha Libre. Johannes' character concept Lucha by Libre. having... Okay, wait a second. Yeah? I have a question. Yes? Yes, sir. And the, the the sort of Luce, um, r- those are like Mexican professional yeah, wrestlers, yeah, right? wrestlers, right? Aren't they, they almost mask. always in masks? They're, They're always, always in masks. How do you know he's in blackface? Uh, I know. <gasps> yeah, because unmasking them is a that's a that's a huge shameful. deal. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, they got to yeah. go commit seppuku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or do the, or do a Jedi neck pinch on themselves? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Mexico. Yeah. Uh, Yo, character concept by having him grow up or change as a person. Grow up or change as a person. <laughs> Fuck that. Don't, don't, we're not growing up. Johannes would never. The player is totally fine with making a few characters, or making a new character and playing a more appropriate role, but it would be really sad to continue playing with Johannes's, Johannes in the party. So the question boils down to, how do you make a trouble PC... <laughs> I'll come in again. So the question boils down to, how do you make a trouble PC... Work with a party that's more or less in character. Have you ever had a trouble PC everybody couldn't get enough of? Thanks for all the fish. Vendor. P.S. I'm a little new to beer. i am mostly been consuming cider. But <coughs> I've been trying different ones here and there. I've discovered that I despise the local hops and appreciate beer that isn't chock full of the stuff. Do you have any suggestions for beer that's easy on the hops that I could pick up on a regular package store? PPS, just imagine douchebag beer popsicles. Well, you're not going to get any sympathy from Stu because he loves him the hops. Well, I mean, different varieties of hops matter. It does. Yeah. Dry hops. I'm wondering where where he lives. Because if he lives in the United States, like if he lives in the the Northwest, you're talking about bitter less hops. Ca- basically, cascade. They have a very citrusy kind of and and bitter and not a lot of floralness to them. But if you go with like noble hops, mm. like if you live in Czechoslovakia or parts of Germany or yeah. parts of Britain, there there are the, there are the I think there's five or seven noble varieties. I would I would beg to differ with you. There's a, there's a hops that was found growing wild in the northwest that has a very citrus aftertaste to you. It doesn't make yeah. it a noble hops. No, it isn't noble. It's actually it's a it's own weird thing. Anyway, common the point hops. being, depending on the hops. I'm not a big hops fan anymore either. It burns out your taste buds. It can be very, very... I mean, you have a couple of sips of hops beer and you can't taste anything after that. Yeah. So what you want to do is maybe lean more towards the malty beers. Belgians. Uh, Belgians is also a good choice. I was thinking Boddington's because it's not hoppy at all and it's very malty. It is. I like Boddington's well enough. My only gripe with Boddington's is that it has an entirely different... um, Mouthfeel to it because it it's, it's nitrogenated. Yep, um, it's thick, it's chewy. It's, it's it's a little so it's a little bit of a different animal. I would actually suggest something like a Blue Moon or a Sam Adams. Um, well, it depends pe- on which Sam Adams you got to be. You can't just yeah, say Sam uh, Adams. Well, they make the, Boston, the, Lager, the basic Sam Lager. Adams Boston Lager or one of the seasonals. Um, Oktoberfest is all is good. Fessy Wig. Fezziwig. Fezziwig is a very good beginner's mm. beer, I would say. Fezziwig's a good beginner's beer. I was um, going to say, lean more towards like sort of the lighter ones. I was going to say like Harp. I, I, I mm. If I was going to say one beer as a, an intro beer to as somebody. As a starter beer? As a starter beer, I would go with Blue Moon. Nah, all right. That's a wheat beer. It's a wheat beer. It's, if you drink enough of those, well, your wife will kick you out of bed. It's a Belgian. Okay. I don't think it's a wheat. And It's a... It's a Belgian. It's a Belgian. It's a Belgian. And it's the Blue Moon's a 
It should have been thrown out. Well, I know yeah. I know enough about Blue Moon that if oh, I'm, up, I'm, I'm belching all night long. Yes. Yes, but you <coughs> like Turd of Darkness. I know. I can't... I have no comment, because apparently things I think are not hoppy are totally hoppy, because my... My palate is totally blown I, out that, from hops. I had the last wolf, whatchamacallit, yeah. yesterday. Yeah. It's fine. It, it, see, it I, is. I, I've acclimated it's, to yeah. it. I'm ready yeah. for more. And I'm all about the sours now, too. And I can't find stuff that's sour enough, except for tartar darkness. Oh, yes. Stu's got the joke candy. What? What is this? Eat it. Eat, Eat, it. It. <laughs> Eat it. Put it in your mouth. It's called a crybaby. Feed it in your mouth. Oh, I bad. bought this variety pack of bubble gum. It's double bubble bubble gum. Okay. And whoever makes it also makes crybabies. Wow. Chew it. Okay. Chew it. Chew it. So uh, I guess my mouth right is full. Here. Should see I do how, an email long from Australia as well? <laughs> is it going to take the enamel off my teeth? No. Hey, douchebags. Okay, bags. that's there. Are we on to the next email? <laughs> Tim from Australia again. I'll get getting worse. All right. Email from Tim from Australia. Take a drink. <laughs> it's finally hitting you, isn't it? That's about how long I lasted. Yeah. When it's I walked, going away when I walked now, in, though. Stu's trying oh. to give me these candies, and he goes, You gotta eat it, you gotta eat it. This is like joke candy. Like we used to get them back in comic books. It's great. I'm like, <laughs> It made my lips no. wet. Hey, douchebags. <laughs> Tim from Australia again. Australia. Take a drink. You'll need it for this email. Not looking for advice this time, but rather to share a story which. Only recently happened to me. Yay, horror stories. Uh, gaming horror stories. That's, we love them. Which probably pales in comparison to others you've heard, but which I believe is entertaining enough to be shared nonetheless. Now, I would like to preface this by saying that there is, you can't compare horror stories. I mean, yes, we all like to, ooh, that was bad. But you know what? All horror stories are horrible in their own right. Yes, they are. There, there's You cannot sit around and say, this is more horrible than other because they're all terrifying and, and awful. And we laugh at them because we've all been there and Abs- experienced the pain yes, ourselves. we have. Or well, we're mean dicks. Most of the time. <laughs> or we're mean dicks. We've, we've had Which a couple of horror stories that have been literally horrible where we're like, oh my god, that person should be in jail. Yes. But... Yeah, those were bad. <coughs> We've yeah. asked for no more of those. <laughs> right. We want stories where the gaming is bad, not yes. the gaming is bad, yeah. not the people. Although the, the Ooh, one about sour. The, the, the two people coming home to and walked in on yes. the couple who yes. were, were right. LARPing their, yes. <laughs> their own the char- not their You've own been characters, a but the bad bard. Let okay. me buffer you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I recently signed up to a group of role players in my local area. Mostly, the games are entertaining, but I had grown an appetite to broaden my role playing experience past D&D. So, I found a game of Dark Heresy, which is a Warhammer 40k RPG. I got to the location for the game, well and truly on time, but the DM was not there. Whom I will call Stuart for now. God damn it. Because for me, it's an interesting name that makes me laugh a little when I hear it. Like Gerald or Bob. (laughs) I talked to a few friends that said he would not be too far off. Eventually, he arrived 40 minutes late. I was greeted with a friendly enough welcome, and then his family walked in. Not just a sibling, but mother and father, his little brother, and his grandmother. All there to play. Oh my. This was... Grandma? This was true gaming nepotism. 
They <laughs> didn't seem all that friendly, giving me constant glares and even staring at times almost as if I had done something wrong by being present. The DM approached me, introducing himself and asking, have you ever played Dark Heresy before? They're playing Dark Heresy with his yeah. grandma. <laughs> 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 A question yes. he should have known... Oh, wait... <coughs> it gets better. A question he should have known the answer to, seeing as though I had registered for his game a month in advance, letting him know I was a complete novice to the system. Not seeing any issue, I let him know I had not played this game before. His response, wow, you really threw a spanner in the works with that. I nodded and asked to make a character. We did so, but the entire time his family sat nearby watching and making snide comments like, this is a goddamn waste of our time. We is could be gra- playing is that, already. Is that and, grandma? And move your ass. Move your ass. Move your ass. Move your ass. Oh, move your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Not seemingly directed at one particular person, most of the comments were spoken by Stuart's grandmother. Awesome. <laughs> it was. Once character creation was complete, where oh I had God. no selection in my character, I was told which career path I should take, and what role I'll play in the game, and my stats. Apparently all because it would be easier for his family. So the game finally begun. And for the next hour, all I got was Stuart reciting word for word, straight out of the adventure book, monotone and speaking quickly, I rarely got the opportunity to understand anything he said. After 30 minutes... Stuart found some difficulty pronouncing a few words on his script, so he stands up, hands his adventure book to his father, yelling at him, demanding that he read from the page what he was meant to read aloud, and then demanded the book be passed around from person to person so that we could do the exact same thing. After a few minutes of familial bickering, Stuart was convinced to start reading the module aloud again. Ten minutes passed by, and the party seemingly gets the opportunity to ask questions of a character presented to us. Stuart's grandmother asks a question in character. He immediately responds by yelling at his grandmother, (laughs) telling her that she was what she was meant to ask, and making the broad statement, "You're all incompetent." Throughout this, let me ask a question. When he gets very angry, does he send people off to the the cornfield? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, throughout this... Oh, I think it's whole time. Whole time, I was shuffling about in my chair, feeling an unnatural discomfort with the environment, looking up um, looking up from staring at the table to find a member of his family looking at me, who would quickly look in another direction upon seeing that I was observing their behaviors. The story rushed forth again, without player interjection, because we were not allowed... Finally, some of his family stood up to get drinks. I took this moment to go to the toilet. I was desperate to leave, so I faked a phone call and told (laughs) Stuart and his family that I was sorry to leave so early, but had to due to a family health emergency. I'm not sure what more can be said about this experience, other than I just dealt with a large group of people who were a sandwich short of a picnic. (laughs) (laughs) This reminds me of an X-Files episode. And it was an X-Files episode that was, I think was banned for a while, but it was the Peacock Brothers. The Peacock Brothers were inbred locals 
that kept their mother on a board under the bed. Uh-huh. I remember yeah. that episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And I kind of feel like you stepped into the Peacock family. Um, Maybe. It's like they were all very chummy Ew. with each other, and anybody outside was de- was looked at askance. You ain't <laughs> from around here, are you, boy? <laughs> That's Grandma. Playing the that's crazy. Yeah, uh, well, playing Dark Heresy. Playing yeah, Dark Heresy. Right? <laughs> now, my mom ha- my and mom has played not Dark Heresy, but my mom has played and got a huge kick out of it. But my mom's theater people, so you know. Well, and weren't you younger, like when you were? Oh, it was when I was a growing teenager. up. Yeah, it was when I was a teenager. Yeah, that's my close. my parents never got it. I mean, I it it's kind of cool that his whole family is playing, but it's also kind of. Yeah. Uh, I just I think that you know. I, I'm with you on that inbred locals thing. There just there needs to be certain boundaries. It's like, Mom, I'm playing a role-playing game. Don't come in. Mom. <laughs> I like that she's Mom, the one. I'm going to this the is bathroom. my special alone Stop time. It. You know, I, I feel like it, there just needs to be some boundaries. Grandmas, don't look. Ew. I, yeah, that's gross. It's just weird. <laughs> and she's off to the side cussing and grumbling. Yeah. And, and you know, just... griping about a new player. It's mom, it's... grandma came in and looked at my character. Well, sweetie, Ooh. we've all seen your character. It's not that big of a deal, <laughs> mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's where's uh, the Cheetos? Yeah, it's a little mm-hmm. scary. Yeah, it, I, I mean, okay, that it's cool. The whole family's really into it, but this just does not sound like the kind of game that's a good game anyway. It's like let's go out and support our grandson and support our son, and when he goes and talks about his new novel, and that's probably I mean, how they saw it, which is know, like he would stand up and pontificate for three yeah. hours. Yeah, I mean, even it, it it's just like a a, a a a mountain pinnacle of disaster. You know, it's certainly um, weird. I mean, I certainly can't imagine bringing my entire family in to have me talk for three and a half hours about. Sure. A game, and maybe, and here's it does it does beg the question, which is why you want to go to game cons and why you want to expand your gaming horizons because these people don't know that they're doing it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> they don't I, know any better. Yeah. By the same token, though, I mean, even if even if let's let's flip the scenario around and say that they were, <coughs> you know, they were good players. They, they were a family of good players. They just they were just playing this game together, and they were good, you know, good at it. Being an outsider stepping into that, you're never going to get the in jokes. Yeah. You're never going to get the, and and you're always going to be on the outside looking in. And I can kind of um, empathize with that from kind of from the other side because I used to run games for my kids, and they would bring significant others and friends over. But there were five kids, you know, and my now ex-wife, and so it's like, you know, there's this the there was already a a mob of people and then you bring one person in from the outside and it's kind of like yeah i mean there's just inside jokes and and whatnot that well there was a hive mind that was working and then there's yeah. another person that gets so, brought I mean, in they, they can't that would up. be bad just even in and of itself yes you know um but i that I, I don't want to say it's a cautionary tale about uh, you know signing up on the board because that's how you find new that's people. That's how you find new people. Yeah, but try things out. A lot of my hor- a lot of the horror stories that we read it seemed to come from I signed up on the boards yeah. and had a pickup group and well yeah and, and, and I guess that's uh, brings me back to what we're saying. That's the reason Stu started this whole podcast was right. there is a dearth of bad or the dearth of GMs. There's nobody's out there de- GMing, and the ones that are GMing aren't doing it well. And you know what? 
I, as a kid, was playing with the same group of people for the longest time. And only recently, or you know, in college or whatever, was I exposed to other styles. That's when you change your mind. That's when the world you're leaving gets to open up. You get really insular, and you're spending time in a vacuum, and you're just playing for the same people. Well, you get in bad habits. You get you you do th- you, you misread the rules, and that's the way you play them. Mm-hmm. You don't know until you go out there and look around, and you have to have an open mind to do it. And well, let's face it, gamers oftentimes don't have an open mind. Yeah. Well, this is not the game I like. This isn't the way we play mm-hmm. it, and they shut down and go yeah. back to their basement. It, it is a fundamental truth. If you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always gotten. Wow. That should be okay. a t-shirt. <laughs> Maybe it is. All right. Yeah. <laughs> when Thank you for joining us for Season 12, Episode 5 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Gina. This is Stork. And this is Jib. We'd like to thank you for joining us. And always remember, we record the shows on Fridays at 8.30 p.m. Pacific Time. So you can listen live at happyjacks.org slash live. And we'll see you next time. And in the meantime, we'll leave you with a song. Bye.
rise and see how he rises. Timothy rising up from the bed. Says, Swirl your whiskey around like players of thunder and cheese. Do you think I'm dead? Mark, put it on now. Let's see a partner on the floor. You're trying to shake. Wasn't it the truth? I tell you, lots of fun at Finnegan's Wake. Mark, put it on now. Let's see a partner on the floor. You're trying to shake. Wasn't it the truth? I tell you, lots of fun at Finnegan's Wake. Hey! The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire.